0: Good morning, folks. Welcome to the LEA podcast, episode 999, maybe. We got Jason Tabanski, Bridger Deaton, and we got a special guest today, kind of excited. Um, we have an Olympic champion in the room. It's kind of badass. She's world number one? World number one. Current yeah. world champion? Trying to keep her head from inflating and get her out of this room later. <laughs> yeah, She's a badass, though. We're excited to have her. We have Miss Leah Coriel. She actually just participated in... World Championships. World Championships. Won a gold. Killed it. It was so funny, though. I watched this video of her doing it. She didn't know she won. It was awesome. Yeah. Her coach is looking at her saying, hey, dude, you just won this. And she's like, what? Are you serious?
1: Well, actually, I convinced him that we didn't win. That you didn't win. And now he's mad at me because he looks like a dumbass. (laughs) It was
0: awesome. It was so cool. She said she
2: convinced him that... She had three more arrows to shoot. No kidding. Yeah. No.
1: So, yeah, he's like, "Leah, Leah, I think, I think we won." I'm like, "Nah, calm down, John." He's like, "Young enough to be my kid." Like, yeah. It's yeah, okay, yeah. dude. Just calm down. We got three more arrows. He's like, "No, I think, I think we won." I said, "No, we got more to go." He's like, "Um, okay." And then the, the <laughs> Chris Webster behind us goes, "Hello." That's why he comes around yeah, and kneels exactly. down, and he's like, "You just won." And so, it was no. so funny. John's like, "Everybody's like, really, dude." He's like, she's convincing.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That is so funny. <laughs> it was a cool video, though. Awesome job, though. We're going to talk to her about her accomplishments, how she got there, bow setups, all that kind of fun stuff. Um, I'm going to try not to go on a rant today. Yeah, okay. But
3: Courtney literally asked me what soapbox you were getting on. No, you know, I was
0: going to get on that soapbox, but I'm not going to do it because I will be career suicide, potentially. <laughs> so I'm not going to do it. Which that. soapbox? But, uh, the, the, the big one that's out there now and... I'm not going to talk about it. I told myself I wasn't going to talk about. But I'm going to make a statement. People need to check themselves. Okay. I'm serious. Check
1: yourself. That well, needs to be a T-shirt. People, people are wreck people, yourself. People, people, check yourself.
0: People get too involved in crap that it doesn't matter, and yeah. they get too involved in crap that they have no business being in. And it's just it's it's making the world a shitty place right now. I'm sorry. Some people suck. That's my rant for the day, and I'm going to leave it at that. Everyone else can have to guess.
2: Well, you and I just talked about this the other day. There's too oh. much negativity going on in the world that you kind of feel like you're out of breath. You're drowning. Dude. It's and, you just know, bad, and then people make it
0: worse. It's Yeah, it's crazy. Social media is the, the, the freaking spawn child of the whole thing. It is the spawning grounds of bullshit. Damn you, Zuckerberg. God, like, man. I mean, it's, it's to the point that I literally am la- this is crazy to say this. I'm looking at Facebook less and less and Instagram less and less.
1: Well, I think it depends on what you use it for, what you use social media for, because I've found great success in helping people through my social media.
0: Really? Yep. Well, that's a good thing.
1: Yeah. So it is what you make of it. You know, taking responsibility. Don't
0: you get inundated with the BS though, at times? Just, just based off the relationships you have tentacled through there, you know?
1: No, I've blocked every one of my brothers (laughs) and my son. There's a block function on there. Yeah, Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah, get that negative
0: yeah, shit over that. there. I don't want it. You just gotta well, filter it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's probably hitting home for me and Jason probably more. We had a we had a very unfortunate thing happen to us. We our pastor from our church, and you know this is crazy because I was thinking about this the other day. Um, how many people in their lifetime, if you are a Christian, you go to church? How many times has your pastor passed away? Right. I mean, I I have been going to church in and out for you know my entire life mm-hmm. with my grandmother, and I can never recall hearing someone's pastor dying unexpectedly it's usually natural yeah they they kind of they kind of fade off they retire they they pass the torch to another you know yeah. another young person and then you know you may hear about it later that they're you know they're 80 some years old and they're you know on their deathbed but this is our pastor passed away um i think it's two week two, two days ago. ago no yeah in a very tragic car accident and um man that's just it was tough for jason and i both because this guy was I say this all the time. He was the closest thing to Christ on planet earth period. I mean, this guy loved everybody. You you're, you're ever seen the guy have a bad day? Yeah. I don't know. I knew him for four years and I've never seen the guy have a bad day ever that demonstrated to us or mm-hmm. s- we ever seen it. So it got me on this whole thing. And then we had some other unfortunate things happen within our world, you know, that, that people were pushing their nose into. And it just got me on this whole thing of people suck right now. I mean, I hate to say it.
2: It just put every, puts everything in perspective. Yeah, you know, you 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 kind of take a step back and see everything that's out there. and You analyze life in general, and you realize you can't sweat the little shit anymore. You got to no. just just live honestly. Live like you're dying.
0: Well, and we went to his service, memorial service. Easy Kenny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it was awesome. though. His memorial service was last Tuesday and just a couple of days ago. And that's one thing that his daughter said, and I think everyone preached was. This guy literally lived every day, mm-hmm. you know. And, and to did he fulfill everything he wanted to do in life? We don't know um, why the good Lord called him home early, don't know. Um, that's probably a question I'm going to have for him when I get up there. <laughs> literally, yep. I'm going I'm to step right there and go, Hey, dude, ref, before I come through here, I got to know one thing. I need to know why on that one because yeah. that one makes no sense to me, yeah. Um, anyways, it just got me thinking, and I, I'm, and as much as I probably am a can be a, what do they call it? A sourpuss. <laughs> Bridger's looking at me. Shut up. Um, I'm, I'm going to really try to not be that guy. I mean, you, be more like Pastor Warren, yeah. you know, and, and love more than you hate. Love more than you, but God darn it, it is hard when people. And that's the thing. Sp- that's, that's the trying
2: part. Yeah. I, I learned from a young age. Don't, don't ask for patience because you're going to get more problems.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, here, I'm going to throw something deep at you. How do you know this isn't hell? I mean, yeah. look at Jay and I. How do you know this isn't hell?
0: But you know you too? and that's another thing. I mean, you know, Jason I don't even and you will be the same way for me. I don't even look at Jason and you as disadvantaged to a degree or mm-hmm. para, if you want to call it. Right. You know, Jason always makes fun of himself and calls himself a cripple. Um, I, just, I, I don't look at you guys that way. I just short. <laughs> yeah. So he yeah. looks at me eye level. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> me and Jason me and Jason are about even now. But you're you're right. For you you two, you could be in hell.
1: Well, there's a lot, you know, I'm thinking about even the way I grew up. How do you know this isn't hell? Mm -hmm. It makes anything look better. No,
0: you joke when we get upstairs, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be amazing, of course. And right. Yeah. And this could, this could be the version of hell.
1: Right. God, if it
0: goes the other way and gets worse, holy crap. (laughs) (laughs) You better live your life. Right, bro. Yeah. (laughs) I'm telling you, because right now it's pretty ugly out there. It is. I mean, it's crazy ugly. Um, But it could always be worse. Yeah, that's true. But I'll tell you what, it's getting pretty. You know, I was talking to Brandon Halfman. We had him on the show about a month, two ago. And Brandon, he's a strong Christian, very close friend of mine. We were talking about that. this whole thing also, that, man, the world is just getting shittier and shittier. You know, you wonder if everything's setting up to somebody's going to come downstairs and say, okay, we're done, folks. Yeah. I mean, because it's getting worse. It's not getting better right now.
1: Well, the only way it's going to get better is if we step up, if the people step up. Yeah. Because, you know, lead from within.
0: Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that because I was thinking about uh, Pastor Warren at his memorial service. You know, they were talking about, you know, taking his torch and running with it. But man, the, the magnitude, you know, there were what probably 2,000, 3,000 people there, I imagine. Um, and what he did for the community, what he did within the community of San Antonio and Baton his Rouge. Legacy. His legacy. But you think about it, it was one guy. Right. And how, He's, he how stepped much up could, and ran with it. Yeah, how much could us three change everything? I mean, oh. it's a we can. It's a speck. But I like Leah. She's like Hell yeah.
1: One person at a time.
0: Yeah, It's what it takes. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's crazy. Just so my rant for the day.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Man,
0: people, just be better people. Be better yes, humans. Do better. Do better. Be Absolutely. better humans. I think we should mm-hmm. start
2: every podcast with a deep thought from now on.
3: <laughs> it just boils down to my. Archery philosophy.
0: Yep. what is it? Say it again. I love this.
3: Suck less, try harder.
0: Exactly. Suck less, <laughs> try harder.
3: Works in archery and in life.
0: Yeah, it does. Yeah. No, you're right, dude. It does. I mean, and it's crazy because we've got so much crap going on right now in this world. And some of us hit archery now. And, you know, it's just not the same world we lived in 25, 30 years ago. And, and I think,
2: you well, know, I, was I had, in
0: diapers 25, 30 years ago. Yeah, that's so. true. Thanks. Well, I was, I was still 20. I'm an old guy, but no, was, seriously. I was talking to one of the manufacturers and, the other day and, you know, and he was, you know, he's being tight, drawn into some stuff that's going on in, the, in this industry. And it's like, dude, why just leave it alone, let it die. Right. It's not worth it. And, but yet we are social media is what's driving this whole platform for him. And man, he's one of my, he's a close friend and strong Christian guy. And I just, you know, we need to, what do they, what do they call it? Check yourself and just, yeah. Don't get involved. Take care of your inner circle. Spread the good news. Spread the good wealth. Mind
2: your own damn business. Mind your <laughs> own damn business. <laughs> That's it's what it is. Thing. I finally, my, my light bulb just went on. I know the soapbox. Yeah, yeah, we should probably not go there. No, we're not going there. Um, but anyway, let's go ahead and turn it around all the way back. Leah. We got a lot going on. Well, what um, was we're talking about? stuff we going on coming yeah. up? Yeah. So we're heading out to... Louisiana on Thursday. Going to Kent Minden.
3: Oh, loser Anna.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I still haven't booked a hotel, which I'll probably do today. You better get on that. Yeah. Um, good thing is they have craps. Well, the good thing I is I might. Back is a, with,
3: they do have, I you, have, you, you I do might, have casinos I there. might suck
2: on the tournament and not <clears throat> win anything, <throat> but I will bring some money back if I play some craps. Maybe. So when or I was, lose.
3: When I was looking for like Airbnbs and hotels there, like I, all I could think of was Scott complaining about I'm going to these tiny ass towns. That's a big town, though, isn't it? Well, yeah, Shreveport is, but Minden is 25 minutes from
0: Shreveport. Yeah, it's, it's fine, but well, it's better than an hour and a
2: half in well, Paris. Yeah, but I mean, it's better. I than mean, but still, like Paducah.
3: I, I mean, Padu. Well, I guess the the shooting Metropolis is kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the biggest business in Metropolis is that like eight hundred square it. foot cases. <laughs> True. <laughs> It's about the yeah. size of the room we're podcasting Yeah, in right exactly.
0: Now. I will definitely get some breakfast pizza this oh, year. Oh, hell yeah. But no, but it's, no, Minden is, it'll be, it'll be interesting because we've never been never
3: there. Never been there.
0: New courses.
3: Never new shot things. that course.
0: Yeah. Is it going to blind you
2: at 7.30 in the morning? Yeah, really, <laughs> is it going to be well, dark? You let,
3: you let me know. <laughs> yeah,
0: Bonehead's not going. He's getting ready for Reading. He's
2: going to focus Redding.
3: Focus on Reading, yeah. Yeah.
0: That's your favorite tournament in the world, isn't it?
3: that like everybody talks about wanting to win like Lancaster Vegas whatever like i, I that i mean obviously i want to win all those too right I make money yeah but that one like i love that shoot yeah that is that is the most fun i have competing all year i think field archery is the ultimate compound uh competitive format yeah why,
0: why is field archery dying? i what buffalo
3: great white buffalo. It is a, great white, a great white buffalo. And it's it's dying because you got everybody that takes up the NFAA, the average age in the NFAA is like 80. 55. <laughs> yeah. So you got a bunch of old kooks out there. Mm-hmm. Get a go get a bunch of 60-year-olds to go cut lanes, build 28 bales, like target bales. It's yeah. not just take carrying out a rubber deer right. and yeah. putting two stakes in the ground. You got to have permanent bales out. And then you got four arrows per target and all these damn walk-ups and fans and all this other BS stuff, which is why I can't believe the NFA hasn't gone to that new modified round that we did. Well, we were supposed to do it 20 two tar- years I think ago. it was 20
0: targets, wasn't it? Instead no, 28? it was still
3: going to be 28, but they were going to do three arrows per target yeah, so. and no walk-ups, and no, no, walk-ups fans. And no fans. Essentially, the. do you remember the pro series over in, yeah. in Europe that yep. they used to do? Yep. Um, on day two of that event, they would do a modified round, which is no walk-ups, only three arrows per targets per target, no walk-up, no fan. So right,
4: right.
3: you go from having 112 scoring arrows to whatever, 112, minus, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Whatever 112 minus 28 is, right. as well as not having to do all the walk-ups and stuff. Because right. we'll be in Yankton, which is an easy course to walk. All of those courses are super easy to walk. They're able to spread them out on what they got like six courses, yeah,
2: I don't six know, or seven. I, courses. Wasn't I mean, they got walking a lot. out there.
3: Well, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Stick at the same. But I mean,
3: it's an easy enough course. Like, there's only one course that you like you two wouldn't be able to shoot. Yeah, because rooster is out there doing it. Yeah. So, super easy courses to walk and get around and everything, and like everybody's spread out pretty evenly because of all the different courses they have. And we'd get done shooting the pros. We'd get done at like two or three, starting, you know, starting, starting at like nine, eight, nine, starting at nine. So it's still, you know, six almost hours. five, six hours. Right. There'd be a bunch of them old, old guys out there till like five or six o'clock at night. Yeah. 12. Imagine being 80 years old. No. Imagine Pete Clark walking around for no. eight hours. It's insane. In a well, hundred degree heat. is And there, yeah. and
0: I think lies the issue. I mean, I don't think anyone wants to go shoot their bow for six freaking hours. No. I mean, look at it, and Name another sport that name has that longevity. For six Baseball, hours. which is the slowest sport on planet Earth, still gets done in about four hours.
3: Even even walk like PGA walking walking eighteen, 18 holes, holes. Yeah,
0: what is that and about? Playing four that hours they're playing?
3: uh they're probably like four or five. Yeah,
0: but still, but they're walking. God darn, what five miles, six yeah. miles in yeah. that? I mean, that?
3: they're also good at golf, so they're not. And they're not chasing they're balls in the woods. They're, <laughs> they're not pounding beers and smoking. <laughs> smoking cigarettes the whole time right? yeah there you can say the, the other word too. That, <laughs> all the degenerates favorite part that golf. <laughs> normally go golf yeah yeah i mean no. that's that's just a vehicle for alcohol consumption for me exactly
2: <laughs> we you to take the podcast though. on the road one day and do a golfing oh podcast, no 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 just yes. hear in oh. the background
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> No, but for real, I think that I think the whole damn field archery needs to be reinvented. I mean, yeah. the, the, back in the day, six-hour shoots were probably the norm, and it wasn't a big deal. But people have no time; they're overscheduled. They, they It's I got to have it now, 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 well, now. And so everything's in a hurry. It's six just hours tough from a
3: maintenance standpoint too on those courses for clubs and stuff. because yeah. I mean, Iowa. We didn't have a bunch of field courses, but the few that we did were phenomenal. Like where we used to shoot State Field at, uh, I think it was Waltonian Archers near Waverly, Iowa, clear northeast corner. Right. Awesome courses. One of the hardest courses I actually ever shoot compared – the only other course I shot that was more difficult really was uh, in wherever it is in Washington where they hold – Oh, Darrington? Darrington. Yeah,
0: Darrington's tough. Been there.
3: Well, yeah. I mean, it's in the middle of the mountains. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I just I wish it was more popular and that no. it was less confusing. For uh, and that's what's
0: funny because you take someone and it's it's a lot to learn with the walk ups, oh, the fans, how you rotate walk ups, fans, how you rotate, um, which target which targets you can, target and just and can, and can and can't shoot.
3: Well, and it's it's wild because I remember the first time I ever shot field, my dad and I were literally talking to the president of the Iowa State Archery Association, the NFAA chapter, and he told us like, Oh yeah, this one is a thirty five yard fan, you gotta shoot one or 30 yard fan or whatever. Then it was a 4 face target. He's like you got to shoot you shoot four arrows, one in each target face. Which is <laughs> I mean you would only score one arrow out of that. Yeah. And this right. is the president of right. our state chapter that told us that. <laughs> so like if the guy that's running the, the organization in your state doesn't yeah. even know the the rules, doesn't even know the rules <laughs> right. like tells you you probably need to simplify well, it a little bit. I
0: am I'm I am of the opinion you need to go to 20 targets. I think 28 is retarded. It's too many. And,
3: it's it's a, I mean, it makes for like, a long day. I, I,
0: I actually like the 4 arrows. I think the 4 arrows you keep it and limit the targets. Um,
3: yeah, I mean, I
0: because we have we, we shoot in groups of 4 for the most part. You got four, <laughs> 4 4 targets on a face. It just seems more keep the math simple.
3: Yeah. Instead of I mean, 3 arrows. I don't know. I don't mind. I like the the three arrows and no walk-ups and all that stuff is mm-hmm. kinda like a good happy medium. But yeah. I on courses that are very technical, which I reading is on the verge of being super technical. There are a couple more difficult shots. they mm-hmm. kind of since since they've changed the course from five or six years ago when they like uh, they used to have a 44, 49 yard uh, antelope right before at the end of the canyon before the big grizzly bears across crossed. Um, that one used to get backed way up. So they've modified the course to help everything flow a little better as well as the fires they had a couple years ago. But, I mean, there's still some challenging shots, and especially for guys like me that used to live in the plains. Like, there's nowhere I can practice shooting 18 18 degrees up or downhill.
0: So let's talk about this a second. Wouldn't a a good, happy medium is – because, let's be honest, I mean, you guys shoot dots, Mm -hmm. Um, Leah and Jason. You guys shoot Circles. Um. What if all the field archery got rid of the the expensive bales that have to be there and went to mark 3D like like reading so you can move in the targets in and out you go to a 20 target course and you guys shoot four arrows at reading
3: three it's two arrows per target. We we do per target seventy targets total so it's uh, wow. twenty five the first day twenty five second day twenty on the twentieth third,
0: third day but what if they went to something modified like they're they're, they're then they're getting 3D in and, yeah. you, and well, you mark mean, them which is is an easier target to maintain, I mean,
3: by far. i oh, not the guy that builds those targets out well. there. They're made out of, like, spray foam. <laughs> Are they really? Yeah. Oh, dude. Say, you, well, I don't you say
0: got... you use those. Maybe you use Reinhardt's or McKenzie's, but you mark them. Yeah. So what I'm saying is you have a walkthrough course just like this now. Instead of shooting a dot, white and black dot, you're shooting a 3D target marked. Yeah. I think you would get a ten, ton more kids. Well, I
3: mean, there's a reason Redding is so popular. Right.
0: It's the only it's, shoot of its kind it's, mm-hmm. for the most part.
3: So, I mean, the closest you yeah, can get. Break is the barriers. Out, mm-hmm. Break the barriers. They started that a couple of years ago. Um, that was actually the last weekend. It was it? last
0: weekend. Cousin got third. I don't know who won. Cousin
3: it. got third. Jesse won. Tate got second. Tate got second, yeah. So I, I had known next to nothing about that shoot other than it's a small center 12. I think it's only one arrow per target. So it's similar to That's OPA three. style. Right. Uh, but there's no 14s.
0: Yeah, you're shooting but, at orange dots too.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: I just think it would. They need to mix it up. They've got to do something to uh-huh. liven the whole thing up.
3: Yeah, I mean, even going to like the safari style shoots that they do up in the northwest, right? Where it's on a field course, you're just shooting at the the Paper small animals. hog safari yeah, target. Yeah, it's just an animal target right. with a big orange dot on
0: it. Yeah, I think even that. I think. The, I don't know. You just tell a kid he's going to go shoot Dodger and go shoot 3D targets or animal targets. The kids are going to shoot animal targets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They think it's a cool single planet Earth. Is that the where you were talking about?
2: Is that that Reinhard tour?
0: Uh,
3: the well, so they have. Well, no, they, they have the Reinhardt school. 100. That's just a fun that's shoot. That's just fun But shoot. they have the Outlaw tour yeah. out on the West Coast, California, Oregon, and Washington, where they it's the exact same thing as Redding, basically. Yeah, Instead of a Bigfoot, they've got a giant purple elephant, I think. Oh, sweet. And then. I don't know if they have a tour for it, but they have like the safari style shoots up there. Yeah, on. it's
0: yeah. a tour. It's it's a, a, a scored um, tour of a level event that where you mm-hmm. get first, second, third base shooter of the year. Yeah. Because Blake was telling me about it. He says, man, we need this in Texas. And that's why that is a badass shoot. Yeah. yeah and I think the, that's why
2: TAC is taken off, too, no, say because say it's fun.
1: It's, it's fun. It's different. Yeah. The other thing that's taken off, at least in Europe, that I've had a lot of requests for is the like biathlon with a bow. It's a running course, like running, like 15 miles. Only, pass. Yeah, you, I, <laughs> me too. I
3: remember when.
1: But that's a big thing in Europe. Really? In archery, yeah. So, in a that, lot. so
0: you know, you understand, Total Archery Challenge was actually created for that. That was, that was going to be its its mm-hmm. marker. It was going to be a, a physically taxing event that you had to shoot your bow at. When, I think even the first year, I don't remember. I mean, we they may have, have been al- timed even. I they can't have that
3: alpha that. bow hunting challenge. You yeah. Know, that what's his name runs every once in a while. Right. And I remember when I was working with red bull a little bit uh they were trying to get into the outdoor industry but their owner is not okay with killing shit which is unfortunate right but they tried to do like a a time trial course like a biathlon style course right right around the same time when trained to hunt did it yeah right around Mm -hmm. the same time the tac really started getting its legs under it right
0: yeah trained to hunt tried it and they just never because we had an event here in dallas Mm -hmm. and you know, you were talking maybe four or five guys per class. So it just wasn't well attended.
3: Well, and you also look at the t- body shape that we normally have in competitive <laughs> archery, does not lend to uh, running up and down. You know, it's funny you say that. That's very well. what's it's it's a it's good fun. mix. It's a good mix, Bridge. Uh, no.
0: Is it more on the, more on the other <laughs> side than the, than the yeah. fit side? The, the, that, honestly you know as and as we talked about archery genres before that's where the tack archer is that new fit guy yeah yes
1: that's what They're that's all what i was thinking fit because obstacle course racing which has nothing to do with archery is dying people have already done it been there what's next
0: you like the you mean like the spartan, what are they called the
2: spartan the, spartan, races? the, the dirty the tough mudder the dirty mm-hmm. tough
1: mudder whatever so it's those people that are looking for a new dirty challenge so that i think a l- the people that i know have gone to tack so what's next? Yeah. Who can be ahead of the game and keep bringing it?
0: Well, because
1: our, our generation gets bored.
0: Yeah. It's funny you say that. The TAC, you know, I actually have thought about it. When is TAC going to kind of wear out its welcome? It's growing by leaps oh, and bounds right now. I mean, it's huge. Yes. But I don't think if I think of, it's something, like you said, it's something new. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to go try it, but it's like everything.
1: Once you've done it, I okay. It, it might that.
0: get boring for after a while. What do we do now? Because now you got guys going to multiple events throughout the country yeah. to experience different terrains. But yeah. pretty soon, oh, I've been to Bozeman. You know, you go there once, yep. you've shot it. <laughs> it's no. it,
1: it's not like a lot of in Spartan races and that in different places, different environments. It's the same
0: I, obstacles.
1: Yeah, yep. yeah, same obstacles and the same thing with archery. So somebody's got to introduce something new. And the the thing that yeah. I've heard the most is that biathlon stuff.
3: Yeah, I don't know. I, Least, I mean, I, I always look at everything through a competitive, accuracy-focused lens. Yeah, this would not be. Because that's, I mean, that's, that's all you, you I've do. ever done. Or not all I've ever done, but that's been the main focus of my archery career, you know, more so than even, like, hunting and all that stuff, and I don't know. It's if it's just, not uh, scoring, don't, it's not I worth don't, it. Well, I don't want to say that because I, I've said it before, like, i shooting and tack and Big Sky a couple of years ago was the most fun I ever had shooting my bow, but like, I mean, I haven't like been itching to get back out, get there and back do out it there again. and do it
0: again, right? Because you've but been there. Done I'm a
3: different, yeah, yeah. I'm a different style archer wow. than you know your backyard Joes that are it's, getting their bow sighted in to go hunt a deer. Well, it's funny
0: you say that. It's like I'm the same way. I've shot, um, you know, Salt Lake um, Snowbird. Mm-hmm. You know, I've shot here in Texas, and honestly. I mean, I'm going to say this out loud, and it's going to be crazy, but I don't, yeah, I don't, I, it doesn't, doesn't spin my wheel.
3: Yeah. I mean the, the I mean, the social side of it is a lot It's of fun. fun
0: to shoot with your buddies, maybe, and to hang out, but because there's not a competition to measure yeah. myself against, I just don't get excited about it.
2: Yeah. Do it barefoot with one arm tied behind your back.
0: <laughs> well, you know what She'd we like, do? What? We're stupid. We back up like last year. We shot Bigfoot at like 200 some yards. We <laughs> backed up, backed up, backed up, backed up, and just until you know, I lost like three arrows, and, and now, that's that's that why you're making killing
2: selling arrows. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, because
0: a bunch of idiots like me. No, it's but fun. but you know, you go you go back to dot shooting like USA Archery. I yeah. mean, honestly, my opinion: the only it's, reason USA Archery stays, stays relevant is the Olympics. That's it. Oh yeah, that's huge. It's the only. It's the draw. You got kids who want to go get on a podium with a gold medal around their neck, and if the, they didn't have that as the end game. I think it would be
3: dead.
1: I think a lot of their success though, or that I've seen comes from Joad. Yeah. Because it's the kids that don't fit in anywhere else.
3: Oh, I I've, God, I've, yeah. We've said it a we've million it times. A kid, that? archery oh, yeah. people. I, we are Difference. land of misfit toys. We're just a bunch of fucking nerds. And there's a ton of us. So <laughs> I think it's, it's like lot. Joad
1: and, you know, local, you know, like people come here and they hang out back home. People come on, hang out at my, you know, the range that I shoot at there. And yeah. I, I just think that we're, we're definitely a different Oh, different animals. Yeah. Totally. And it gives us a home.
2: Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, I grew up playing team sports. I played team sports all the way up to the month before I got hurt. You know, I was playing uh, football rugby. in Germany. I played rugby. Yeah. I, I did CrossFit. And CrossFit, of course, that's like the bare bow shooters in USA archery. <laughs> They're all fucking weird.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, you ain't lying. But
2: no, I, I just, I love the community in the archery industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, we have good people. We do. I mean, for the we most have some part, of the best people out people. there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. the The good to bad ratio is I want to 90, say nine, 10? yeah, I ten think to think one. Nine,
0: yeah, I agree with that. So. And I think that's what attracts people to, to what we do because we are a bunch of really good humans. Yeah. And you see the kids; yes. that come in here for the kids program. Mm-hmm.
2: All those kids, they, they. I've heard. I heard one, one of them say it yesterday. You know, I just
0: don't feel like I belong in any other sport, and this is fun. I feel yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. Now, you know what's sad about it, though? I'm going to put on my negative Nancy hat. Oh, shit. Well, because I'm seeing it right now. You're seeing it, and I don't You guys can argue with me all you want, but you're seeing it now turn into we're getting almost that, the JOAD programs especially, we're seeing that travel baseball type meth- oh, me- dude, mentality. Oh, dude,
3: I've been doing, I I mean, I was lucky enough. I would. I say lucky enough. I'm one of the few kids that have, have, has had a long successful career that started at that JOAD age. Mm-hmm. But there was never, like, I, the first JOAD Nationals I shot, I had to sign up for a JOAD club in Pennsylvania. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you're from Iowa.
3: From, yeah, and right. I was living in Iowa. Right. Like, so there, I mean, there's some to it and some not, or some with it as far as, like, kids getting together and stuff, which is obviously great. We have a good, good group of kids that come in here on right. Tuesdays and Thursdays for us, uh, for our kids' classes and JOAD club and all that stuff, but... I don't know. It was uh, it was definitely different for me not being in that, and then seeing the right. seeing the local well, soccer moms. Yeah, oh, and that's what I'm, I'm saying. They get together well, and, and now do, and, and now you stuff. and yeah. now you've got
0: all this competition. And you know, honestly, archery for the first time in a long time, we, there is a potential career path. That's not as great as we want. It. We would love to see it, but there is one. So mm-hmm. what I'm saying is at a very young age, you're seeing these teams, these coaches. These individuals and these damn parents, especially, they're getting to be like the little league baseball parents or the travel uh, baseball parents it, it, it and, and, and coaches. Be. It's been it's there. already there. It's yeah. been there. Yeah, that, well, and that that way for a long the, time. The
1: traveling, the, the, the equivalent of the traveling baseball is um, USAT.
0: Oh God, yes. Every every oh, kid, oh, yes. you know, yes. their
1: goal is to pay, you know, to get USAT. And here's the deal: is you pay to be on USAT. Yeah, they're, it's not
0: sponsored. No, no, you,
1: and it's <laughs> thousands. Yeah. Thousands, oh, dude, like for us, about 15 grand a summer I, to be on I, the team. I, you don't make money. No. I
3: remember uh, the first year I shot a full USAT circuit was for the cadet team and ended up making the team, got a free bow from Hoyt and stuff. I'm like, man, mom, this is awesome. I got a free bow. And she's like, bullshit, it's a free bow? That's a $20,000 bow. Like, I, bullshit, that thing is free. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, it is crazy expensive mm-hmm. no. and that's to, to go yeah. to all those things. And, yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm beyond glad that she did because it kind of set me up for the rest of my archery career so far. Right, right. But I remember the first year I, you know, Went to all the shoots by myself and was on contract with some with Matthews and going to all these shoots and I'm like, man, I like I don't. Why the hell did you pay this much to send me to all <laughs> exactly. these damn places? Well, like, what the hell? you Should have put a thinking? golf club in my hand. Yeah.
1: Well, in, in Vegas, the women's compound open was 14, and the men's open compound winner was 14, 14 when he started yeah. and f- turned 15 at Vegas. At Vegas, mm-hmm. yeah. So you know what? Wow, what changed that? Was it Joed? Was it better coaching? Yeah. Was it better equipment? But when kids kids are start winning major tournaments like that,
0: well, here's God the deal, I'm though. Kidding. I have I have a theory on that. Brody and what's the girl's name? L- Liko. Liko. They they don't have a car payment. They don't. Right. Have, they don't have a house payment. They don't have college to pay for. I mean, they have zero in their back uh, their right. mind to go and compete and do well. Mm-hmm. Bridger's got to make a mortgage payment, car, right. truck payment. He's got to pay his bills at the end of the day. Every other one of those archers have got something in the back of their head driving them to say, I can't suck this week, or right. I'm not making I my mortgage.
3: Mean, not pay. to, like, pull away from that accomplishment. I'm not, no. I mean, no. Look, Le- I mean won oh, twice in a row, shot two first woman to ever shoot back-to-back 900s. So not like, disputing that. Absolutely incredible. Right. And Bodie, to shoot as good as he is at his age is insane. Right. It's insane. But man, I, but let me ask what you I give to be a full draw and be like, eh, you know, if I miss well, this, my life isn't going to change at well, all. Well, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, shit. Well,
0: and you take you, you want a ton of shit at that age. Um, think about the mental, where you were mentally there compared to now.
3: It's well, a completely I was just, different ball. You didn't I was care. Just, I was just dumber.
0: Yeah. You just didn't care.
3: I've, <laughs> uh, I had a good buddy in Iowa. We name was Tyler Heck and I would literally call it the Heck effect. <laughs> Because it it is beneficial to be dumb because you don't think about all the bad shit that can happen. Exactly. We
1: we call like, that shoot stupid.
3: Yeah. Oh and yeah. That's, say,
1: I won't name the guy that that's after, but it's stupid. called shoot shoot yeah. like blank shoot stupid. But okay, so the video we were talking about for World Champion, I was shooting stupid. Really? Yeah. yeah. It, shooting stupid. You yep. just. I had no idea. I didn't even know what the girl behind me looked like because she was behind me. <laughs> And what you don't know is I shot five elimination matches in 90 degree heat before I made it. Was made it there was all in one sweep. Yeah. But I was shooting stupid. I was hot. I was tired. And I wasn't even thinking, you know, they say, oh, go back to your process. No. Well, I, not,
3: I just want to get this shit over with well, just so I gonna so like, go sit in the air conditioning. One
1: arrow <laughs> at a time. So if you watch the whole video, I'm looking at the stake that is holding the tent down. And through my head, I'm going... Um, Good rhythm, good timing, good process, or good focus, good finish. So it's good timing. Oh, I can't think of how it goes now.
4: So you good shot so timing, stupid, you can't yeah, even right. <laughs> good
1: timing, good rhythm, good focus, good finish. That's all I was thinking about.
3: Yeah, that's- shooting stupid. I don't know. I mean, I ain't trying to accuse Bodie or Liko of being unintentional. No, no, no. Because neither of them are. They're be- they're both very they're smart very kids. Smart. But, no, you, but, I mean, you, and you think about different shit when you're, you know, 25, 27, 30, whatever. And, you know, trying to get your life moving versus 15 living at your parents' house. and they.
2: I've got to turn in an essay <laughs> in two weeks. Yeah. That's oh, about man. it.
3: Oh, man. i got to write a book report.
1: <laughs> so, I've had a what? big influx of young guys wanting me to help them through whatever it is in wisconsin Mm -hmm. like huge like probably 10 guys a week are like sending me and i'm like why what's going on well first of all they don't want a man to coach them because they don't want their shop to know that (laughs) they're having problems right so this guy comes to me young guy maybe 30 and he said i need you to help me because i pay thousands of dollars for these hunts that i go on and i can't shoot anything i get there and i can't shoot i'm like, "Well." what's your lead-up process? Are you, you know, fletching your arrows? Are you weighing your arrows? Are you doing points? Are you doing, you know, like an inspection on your bow? He said, no, I'm thinking about how much fucking money I'm spending yeah. on this <laughs> damn thing. And I'm like, yep. okay, so he comes to full draw, and he can't put it down. I'm like, do that again. He shoots it. Oh, I should have let down. I I'm like, why don't you let down? He said, well, because real, real men don't let down.
3: Real men sh- shoot eights.
1: Yeah, so what I told him, I said, I'm going to tell you two things that will help you the rest of your life. You need to pull out, and you need to let down. Both of them have positive consequences <laughs> your whole life. Thank you for your $10,000. You give them 100 bucks. Yeah, exactly. All of them are the same way. That's the problem. Yeah, exactly. They're thinking about money, or they're yeah. thinking about score, or they're thinking about who's watching, and that that's where their mind's at. So, yeah, yeah. give me $100. bucks. i will tell you that. that I'm going to put that on a t-shirt and sell it for 100 bucks. There you go. A that's lot all, of people. That's all it is, is they won't let down because their mind... Goes to pressure.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Either that, or a lot of people I I believe are thinking about the end result when they haven't even yes. gotten halfway through. Oh no, don't say that about that. They're like, Absolutely. oh shit, I'm gonna, I can't wait to post this 300. Like, the bro, th- that was the first end. Oh man, like you I shot a clean got,
3: 30 on I've your got first end. The best story about the Vegas 300 stuff. I had a buddy, buddy of mine that he used to shoot with, traveled a lot of tournaments with him. He was in Vegas and he he had shot multiple 300s before in practice and other shoots, hadn't shot one in Vegas yet and it was he uh, my buddy blake was shooting and then lynn and bj two of my other buddies were watching with his wife and he shoots the eighth end comes back goes hey carrie will you go go back to the room grab my camera i'm gonna shoot a 300 <laughs> that's the dumbest so thing she gets up walks off lynn and bj are sitting there a chair between them and lynn just pulls out a dollar bill and lays it on the Lays it on the chair and goes, I bet, <laughs> I guarantee you he doesn't shoot it. Either. Well, yeah, no and shit. And BJ's like, bullshit. Pulls out a dollar and lays it down. Next end comes up. First arrow. <laughs> nine. Eight. Like eight, eight nine oh, liner. Just God. fucking tanked it. And <laughs> just like, grabs, that money, grabs his dollar off the table. Yeah, you can't go, do that. Go back to the room. Grab the camera. I'm going to shoot 300. He, and that was probably like 10 or 15 years ago. He has not lived that down. That's but yeah, close. I mean that's the same. It's the same thing, well, same type of thing.
1: The last two Paralympics that I've been in, people on my team have done the same thing. They shoot a really good qual score, and hey,
0: I'm sorry. on a roll.
1: Yeah, I'm on a roll, or or say to somebody that didn't, hey, it's, you know, too bad you came all this way for nothing, and then they tank.
0: Yeah, Help, you, Mike. it's preordained destiny.
2: It is. It yeah, is why, 100%. Would you, you why would you? Why would you say it?
1: Put that pressure, or even maybe it's aloofness. Maybe it's not even pressure. Maybe it's Being. just.
2: Over cocky, yeah, yeah, cocky.
1: That's what I was thinking. It's,
2: it's a good thing to be confident, but overconfidence will count, kill you.
3: Count your chick. Don't count your chickens before, before the hatch. hatch. That's no, right. You, know.
0: you might have a duck in there.
3: Yeah, there might be a duck. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's awesome, though. That's good stuff. But I mean, but going back to the original point, but yes, I am seeing, unfortunately, the the advent of the travel baseball mentality yes, of the sport. Absolutely, and, it's getting, yeah. and it will. Yeah. I think all sports migrate to that at some point.
3: Well, cause we want I, mean, our kid. I think the level of intensity of that just changes over time as any sport gets more mm-hmm. popular. And like, I mean, you're, if you're a, you're a parent that knows, you know, very little about it and you watch, you watch your kid, he's excelling in at the local Joe ad thing. And it's like, Oh, well shit, my son's better than everybody else. It's going to be the only thing that they do. Yeah. Right? And like we've, I don't know. We've said it before, but people have said it all the time. Where you got a fifteen-year-old kid, they probably shouldn't be only doing one sport.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, a from a physical standpoint, and yeah, b
0: development, de-
3: socially. B side, yeah, socially and uh, yeah. everything else like that. So, yeah, you don't
2: want to leave him just I'm- archery his whole life. He'll be an antisocial nerd. well
3: 100%. look at us! <laughs> I'm pretty social. <laughs> that's about all I've. That's all I'm I've done since social. I was like fifteen. Yeah,
1: but. Yeah, I agree. well and I think when you when they attend these events the USATs or whatever even in 3D, you know, being a woman, there's moms clubs because you're oh seeing Lord. the oh same yeah. people
3: Oh my god. You oh man, see the
1: same people at every tournament yeah, you right. it was, It's like the soccer moms. It
3: was the three pop-up the little three pop up canopies. Oh yeah! Of all the moms sitting there, my mom was included. She'll tell you yeah, sitting there yeah. with a the cooler full of wine coolers, mm-hmm. little well, bag margaritas, whatever, right, hanging out on the field just every weekend.
1: All Diana didn't summer. do that.
3: Come on!
2: <laughs> I mean, come on, Scott. Have on, you ever mom. been to an outdoor shoot? Oh yeah! It is thing. not very if exciting. You're not, if no. you're not shooting you're drinking. You, that's the only way to get through it. <laughs> yeah. Might as well throw a can of paint right. at the wall and sit there well, and watch it dry.
0: So to, to Leah's, what she was talking about, what, so what I watched, the so my son, Adam, when he shot, he was really good. Yeah. Um, I used to take him to USAT events and we never, you know, like Bridger, we didn't even have a club. so Right. We're we're the redhead stepchild. Everybody's whispering and talking, who the hell is that kid? You know, we've never seen him before. Why is he so good? Exactly. And he'd go there and rake. I mean, literally rake mm-hmm. everybody. Yeah, and. It was crazy because I, that's when my, my, at least for him, and watching where that sport had migrated. When I was young, it was never that way. I mean, it was actually just a gentleman's sport. We Because yes. I shot all Joe Ed when I was a kid. And yep. it was the beginning, infancy of it at that point in time. So it had not had a chance to grow to where it is now. So anyways, we, we get out of it. And I'm thinking, you know, this is horse crap. I don't want him to ex- expose to this because it's so clickish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it is. Very clickish.
1: Like horse, horses are the same way.
0: Really? Horses?
1: Yeah. And people who ride horses are very cliquish. So yeah. you're right. And it's kind of the, a snobby sport. A snobby. Yeah, be. exactly.
0: So you sat was a snobby part of it. About, yes. But this, this has been over 15, 10, 15 years ago. Well, it hasn't changed. No, well, it was crazy. So 3D, never like that. But I now mean, you go yeah, on a, a 3D range. Match, oh, but now the kids' courses, like the open freestyle Young adults and the youth. Oh my gosh! Super caddy. You oh you can't even walk through the range because of the parents. Number one. Oh, it's unbelievable. You, you got to yeah. see it. It's mind-boggling. You'll see. You'll look down and you'll think that that all, all the top pros on the planet are on that range because it is bodies. Families. You, you're you're going through it. Yeah.
2: Grandma and them
1: through
0: it. 100 percent.
2: So you can't, can't have spectators until the the actual shoot starts. But then, but you can then, then have spectators. they'll have like. Ten people from their family come and follow them through every so target. So that's
1: why. So I'm on the USA Archery Board of Directors. I don't know if you guys knew that. No, I am.
0: <laughs> God, if you are, oh,
1: we talk, man, oh. we
0: gotta talk. Ooh. Yes,
1: <laughs> I'm. I'm a director of. Um, of- representing athletes so that's my position on the board but we were having that issue in on usat tournaments where it's all pe- people and coaches like right up front where all the mm-hmm. stands are yeah and the archers can't even get to the line when the line changes yes so they've had to make some significant changes in where our coaches can be or can't be but
0: you know what the problem there is i'm almost going to say it and i'm glad you're on the board of the people that are on that line are not coaches. Yes. They're mom and dad.
1: Yes. That's what I'm saying. They go
0: and get their level two cert. Yes. USA Archery is gladly to take their 300 bucks. And this is what I hate about USAT coaching levels. I think it's all horseshit. Uh Uh-huh. And then they stand behind that line. and It is so funny. I sit there and watch it one. Because I I coached Natasha. Right. Went to Outdoor Nationals with her one year. And she's back there. And you watch these kids. They shoot. And as soon as the arrow is released, they turn around and look look at their parents. They only look at this down there. Was that good or bad? Oh, crap. (laughs) Look at their parents. And mm-hmm. I was just like, "You got to be kidding me!"
1: Yeah, so they they actually moved. So you have you know the shooting line, the waiting line, and the media line is in between. Then you have all the chairs underneath. Behind that is selective seating or premium mm-hmm. seating. It's fifty bucks a chair. But coaches are behind the athlete seating, like like. So the coaches
0: shouldn't even be there.
1: They're I'm, like, I'm going to say it. How they're, far they're, would you say no, they're back? The coaches like, should
0: not even be there. No, they they. They just moved him back,
1: way back, yeah, okay. yeah. like but behind the tent.
0: I think a coach can go to the tournament, but he should, yeah, exactly. They shouldn't be anywhere near go the sit field. In the stands, you know. Bridger says it all the time. If you ain't found it by the time you get there, you ain't find it yes, at the turn. At there, that's very and true. And so the coaches are, are, are a complete nuisance and a waste of time. Now ASA has addressed it and said, look, we can't coach while they're shooting. Like yeah. I, I yes. can go over and look and watch. No coaching, but it happens. I mean, yes. I mean it happens all the time. You
3: sit there, you you're walking up and down the lane at right. a pro-am and whoever it is you're shooting or watching shoot or whatever, will come back and talk to you. Like, right. I don't think that's an issue, but like standing right behind him, exactly. a all that hey, stuff. Hey, you
0: need to shoot the upper 12 here and aim middle. whatever. I mean, yeah. You hear it all the time, but I mean, it is unbelievable though. And mind boggling to see how many individuals are there at the kids courses. And so because of that, you've get, you get parent confrontations. Yes. I mean, our kids have had it happen to them. The parents get into arguments with other parents. The kids are cheating like crazy.
4: Well, because they I have
0: mean, their parents to support them. There. And their parents are supporting it. I know for a fact it's happening. Um, and it's sad because the sport's getting so cliche or so important to yeah. the community. They'll do anything to win.
1: Well, this is the d- disadvantage that Jay and I are at. <clears throat> I have never scored my own target at a set Ever. And yeah. you haven't either.
0: So well, you've only never time- been down there to see it. So you, no. you,
1: you know, and sometimes we have our own arrow agents, and sometimes they just pull somebody. Assign you, yeah. Assign yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. the guy next to me, his wife is going to be my arrow puller.
2: The only and my time, scorer. the only time I've been able to score my own arrows was indoor yeah. at college yes. station. Because yes, can I do too. Roll down to the to the bale and back,
0: right? So yeah. you can dispute a call if it's there or not. Correct. Yeah.
1: Well, and you can't really. I don't believe you can't really read your target through a scope. You need to go down and see it and pull those arrows out. Because then it's, you know, mind and muscle.
0: Right. No, that's a, that's a good point, actually. Very good point. Yeah, so for you guys, it sucks. Yes. But yeah, I'll tell you what. The, the kids part of this, though, is getting so That's really so, sad. But I think it's coming from the
2: top, honestly, because some of those kids have parents that are shooting as well, and the parents are doing some really messed up shit. Oh, gosh. And geez. then it just boils, it, well, it just had, rolls back down to at, them.
0: At the last Pro-Am in Fort Benning, um, the, the kids have a 23 series arrow rule. There were six kids disqualified after day one, six kids,
1: well, cause shooting they
0: used- 25s and 27s.
1: And they knew the rule.
0: So it's kind of funny. I, I was talking to one of the parents who, there was a coach out there, and the coach argued with the range official. So this is a coach.
1: Sure he did. And saying,
0: or she well, no, there's no rule for that. And they're like, are you kidding me, dude? Everybody knows this rule. Mm-hmm. But that's how crazy it is. You've got, and then one of the, <laughs> it's funny, three of the kids that got disqualified were all three, one, two, and three placements in Foley, Alabama, and admitted it what was what we shot in Foley why can't we shoot it here? So for me, that entire
3: tournament. So there's no judges at
1: at your kind of tournament?
3: There is. There is, but they're not checking. One range, or one official per range, essentially. But you know, and then last... One guy looking at trying to do uh, judging rulings over a hundred kids. A hundred kids, right. On 20 target
0: Right. (laughs) (laughs) They just need to have an inspection, I hate to say it. Yeah. Equipment before they they get on the range. No, no. And then what it's like two years ago, one of our, our parents was telling us, yeah, the kids were, they would bring a 23, a Black Eagle, you know, PS 23, have a quiver full of freaking Black Eagle PS 26s or 27s. The guy, they'd hand the arrow to the agent. They'd give him the 23. And then as soon as the agent leaves and goes to the next one, he throws it to his buddy across the aisle. And then he has it. Oh yeah, here's my arrow.
1: That's crazy. It's crazy. You know, where's integrity? Where's honesty? There is no,
0: where's And that's my part of my whole rant this morning about being good humans. Yeah. You got parents supporting this.
3: If you ain't willing to cheat, you don't want it bad enough. Well, you know. <laughs> you ain't cheating. You ain't trying. That's yes, right. Yeah. yeah.
1: At indoor nationals, I won indoor nationals. And Martha Chavez is my friend. And they're like, oh my gosh, you know, you're, you almost beat Martha. You were, you know, ahead of her. I'm like, no. No, I didn't. Because I shoot outer 10. She shoots a little 10. Uh, I always need to make that clear. distinction right. that, no, I didn't beat Martha. She shot a harder target than right. I did. But right. people just assume. But, I mean, you could keep your mouth shut, I guess.
0: And take the accolades yeah. if you wanted. Yeah. yeah.
1: But where's integrity? And, again, that's, you know where that's going to come from with those kids? Us.
0: Us. Well, that and the coach, the actual Boots real the coaches ground. or the parents. It's and that's being a good person. So, yeah. Go, well, and that's the thing. I'll go back to the U.S. archery thing. I, I totally 1,000% disagree with these parents getting their level two cert so they can coach.
1: Yeah, well, that whole thing is because, being redone. Well, yeah. it
0: has to. Yes. Because you go look at the list. There's what? There are 10,000 coaches in the United States, which you know and I both know is yeah. horseshit. Yeah. Um, and you've got to have either some credentials that you shoot, something to do with the sport at a, at a, at a level that's either a shop owner or something.
1: Well, the, what you they are—you can't are be just mom and dad, right? They're Joe Ed. They're Joe Ed coaches.
0: That's, yeah, and once again, it, it, there's that needs to be reined in because let's be honest—if mom and dad are back there coaching, they're, and it's their kid, yeah—and they have an integrity issue, they're feeding that.
2: That's that what it is. Honestly, this you what, nailed
1: it. It's an integrity issue. That's there's exactly already a what it rule is. in
2: play though that doesn't get enforced because by Safe Sport, if your parent is your coach. Or if that coach is there with you, one, they can't stay in the same room as you or hotel. You have to get written. You have to get written permission from you. So the the rules are just being completely thrown out the window. I think it's
1: the safe sport is the one that got all the coaches and parents back behind that thing. It was, you're right. Yeah. It's a safe sport thing that they make those guys move all the way back. And there's like snow fencing.
3: Along with safe sports. Some of that stuff is, yes. Uh Oh. Horseshit. ridiculously. Oh, it's stupid, stupid. dude. It like, stupid, go to stupid. we were traveling to what was it, Turkey and Dahlia Crook, Clemencheck. Now, she her dad was her coach, like, I mean, she's 15, yes, yeah, yes, 15. And so that he could get out on the field, he got a credit uh, credentialed there yeah. at the shoot. He had to write a letter to Safe Sport to stay in the same hotel room as his 15 year old daughter, <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Yes, I've and I've like, heard that. And, People that are couples that even live together, but Easter, they're not married. When,
3: when Easter Brock was uh, doing the team manager stuff for a couple USATs and or not USATs, but World Cups, and her husband Matt Sullivan was on the team,
4: mm-hmm.
3: like married, mm-hmm. had were married, got a kid together, like married. Yeah. They had to get written written le- They had to oh. no, they had to write a letter to say like, hey, I'm an a- Matt's an athlete, Easter's a coach. And a yep. crunch, uh, credentialed coach, like, we're married, but can we stay in the same hotel room and not violate safe sport? Are you kidding me? Oh, dude. Like, it, I mean, I get it because you gotta, like, if you're gonna do that, you gotta, you know, have a black and white line to, you know, be able to cross and understand whether right. something's okay or not in the whole safe sport realm.
1: But, yeah. man, some of it's There's just an overreach. Dumber. There's definitely. And, dumb.
3: and I, I have
0: this phrase that's when you we have no sense of reasonableness anymore. Mm hmm. I mean, it's reasonable. I mean, what, what makes its common effing sense? But yet we throw that out the window to stay black and white. Yeah. Because in the in the world of legal ease, that's gray. Yeah. Even though it's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're married. It's like we're going home and sleeping together. <laughs> or, well, even <laughs> if
1: people are like, go have it. Like they live together. It becomes an issue. Mm-hmm. Like Paige was mm-hmm. telling me that. She's like, oh my God, it's ridiculous. And we yeah. live together in the same house.
0: Yeah. Well, and I, you know, it's funny. When I, when I went to Outdoor Nashville with, with Natasha, I told, um, I, I'm almost like her father. Mm-hmm. And I t- was telling Chantel, her mom, hey, just, you know, she can stay with me. It's no big deal. I'll keep an eye on her and everything. Oh, we can't. I'm like, what? She goes, no, we'll have to get you a separate room. And I'm, I just, you know, so we actually had separate rooms mm-hmm. in the same hotel. Um, and I, it made no sense to me, but I get it. I mean,
3: technically that shouldn't matter for you because you're not a USA accredited coach.
0: Well, no, I was. No, but he exactly. was there. I was level
2: two. I was
3: well, there. I guess. Yeah. He was yeah. there under you a coach credential. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I yeah. didn't know you had yours. <laughs> yeah. <Bridges> I mean, <laughs> I did the course. <laughs> they I give it never to turned mine in. They give it to anybody. Well, yeah. You got to pull Once it, again. You get your level two. Exactly.
0: No. That, but that is one thing I think that needs to be addressed is the extreme. No- and then what's sad, and I know I can think of three people right now within the state of Texas that did it. They go get their level two, level three certification. They don't even shoot a bow. And they go out and charge 90 bucks an hour to coach kids. Yep. That's a big problem. Yep. Huge problem.
1: I would completely agree. I think that coaches need to be, if not competitive, shooting. They need to at least be.
0: They need to be an ex-shooter of sorts.
1: Well, here's the deal. Look at how much equipment has changed. Yeah. And if you have somebody that hasn't shot a bow since 1960 Mm -hmm. or 1970 or even 1980, you know, part of coaching is helping them to manage their equipment. Right. If you haven't handled it or you, and you don't work at a bow shop, how do you know? Yeah,
0: you don't. And that's the crazy part. I agree. And I'll tell you, you look at, I'm just going to throw a number out there. There might be 500, 700 people that could, in my opinion, meet my qualifications to be a coach. Mm-hmm. Technical services of, of archery. Maybe. Right. And that's, that's being very generous. It's yeah. probably more like two to 300. Right. Because a lot of these guys, they go out and kill a couple of deer and now all of a sudden they're a specialist. Right. I shot a bow. I mean, we see it all the time. Hell, they open up bow shops now. Well, I've killed five deer. I'm going to go open a bow shop. I know what I'm doing. Yeah.
1: So I'm a level four mm-hmm. coach, but straight on, I tell people straight up, I'm not a technical coach. I cannot work on your equipment. I think people need to be able to delineate. Like, I'm a great brain coach mm-hmm. and a form coach, but I can't work on your equipment. Right. And I think, you know, to me, that's a coaching thing.
0: Yeah. I also don't like the, well, I'm just going to tell you, I don't like the fact that we have one guy that administers all that too. I think that's a problem. It's a huge problem.
1: Oh, one person's in charge. Absolutely, of
0: it? yeah. It's, it's 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 ridiculous. I mean, he is not the end all be all. I know the guy, and I completely disagree with a ton of shit that he does. Yes, and there's be,
3: he is pretty intelligent. Man. He's an intelligent I've, man. I've talked to him quite a bit about about some. At least but this, he should not I'm be a, the. I'm like the king. exact opposite of you. Like I. If you got a brain issue, like don't talk to me, because <laughs> there's me. <laughs> all kinds of crazy shit going on in my own head that I'm trying right. to figure out, right. and I, it's hard for me to articulate, you know how I my thought process and stuff. But equipment stuff, like I could, I could get Helen Keller to hit a target,
2: right? as, exactly. as far as the
3: equipment stuff goes. Just put right? him
2: close to Home Depot.
3: And, and, and Dremel a Dremel tool. Get me, me some JB Weld, a Dremel, <laughs> yeah. and a pocket Allen. And your like, I could is... I think I could build a bow. Like to, I'll whittle that shit out. I'll figure it. To, but I can. I am a horrible head coach.
1: <laughs> well, I think I'm a good head coach because I'm a teacher.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm an instructor. So,
1: so I. Well, you have those
3: communication skills. Yes, yeah. But and I've I've been shooting archery my whole life with a bunch of nerds, so I I do not have any communication skills. <laughs> yes.
1: But it would be, I think that would be a great idea, though, is to delineate.
3: It I, has to, or well, or to then, work together.
1: And then
0: even and then even you know, and I've said this forever because you know the NTS program, which they've tried to enforce forever, is just the most dumbest thing ever. I have a sports a. Um, one of my, our best friends, Brittany Wells, is a sports physical therapist.
4: Mm-hmm. I've
0: showed her the NTS thing and she laughed. She says, who in the hell designed this? She yes. goes, because all we're doing is you're going to create shoulder rotator cuff problems for every kid that does it. Yes. She goes, it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. So, so my w- point being, mm-hmm. you got the king who created that. Mm-hmm. And he's not a sports physici- physiologist. He has no medical degree whatsoever. He shouldn't be the guy. And so my point being is you should have a... A, a board of people with their, in their field of specialty from psychology to human body, physiology, to archery, technical, and, and they are the ones, they are the people that as a, congl- as a yes. co- collective, make that level four certification. Once you've learned all facets. Uh, and because I, I, I'll tell you, I think NTS is the dumbest thing on planet earth. It's, I don't coach it, don't teach it. And I just think it's wrong.
1: Well, that was a challenge for me in the level four courses. I can't pull back a recurve boat. I don't have the ability to do it. And that was a stumbling point with for the you? instructor. Yeah. So, you know, I did what any teacher would do and ask for a written accommodation.
0: Right. Yeah. And it's smart because you wouldn't have got it. Right. And that's crazy. But then once again, does that make you any less of a coach? There's no way in hell.
1: Right. But because I couldn't do it, that's why when people say, hey, can you help me with this? And I'm like, well, is it a technical issue? Because I'm not your woman then. But if it's like the guy right. that spends thousands of dollars to go on a hunt and can't. I can help you fix that. Right. I got some real good knowledge well, you, it, up here. It's funny
0: you say that, and that's really, that's 80% of the sport.
1: Oh, absolutely. It's in the brain. Mm-hmm.
0: I, sometimes I feel like I'm a, I'm a psychologist, or I need to have a psychology degree.
1: Right. Tur- you either need to learn when to turn it on and when to turn it off.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, I would agree. It's all about, what do you call it?
0: You can teach. Some, you can teach someone how to run a process of shooting a bow, mm-hmm. and they can actually become very effective at it. You can't teach them how to control this, the Right. Head the head upstairs when it comes to tournament competition that's impossible
1: yeah and i think that we push this thing like oh you have to use your process use your process well at a certain point you've already got the process so what are you what are you really thinking of? that's right. the thing same thing with a thumb release just let it go off and be a surprise i'm sorry i've never been surprised by my release or going punch on.
2: the shit out of
1: it yeah or, or if i do it's <laughs> not that i meant to you know, not i it goes off and i didn't you know i wasn't at full draw or whatever right, right. but people say it has to be a surprise and i'm like yeah, we're not stupid. The human brain is not stupid. You yeah. know. You shoot it yeah. enough hey, times, let's, let's, you know tell, when it's going to go Let's
0: cook. tell Kyle and Jimmy that he, they have to start surprising themselves. Those guys throw more punches than Mike God Tyson. dang,
1: dude. And Jimmy's my buddy. He's from Wisconsin, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a super, super nice awesome, kid. But yeah, kid. he just punches the crap out of that.
0: So go, go tell him that, yeah, I'm sorry, Jimmy. You, you got to you, you no no. change this, dude. You're doing yeah. it wrong. You, you do you do know, it
3: Kyle, we, think about how much more success you'd have.
0: If you just a hinge
3: or exactly. let it
2: surprise you you and i have had this conversation about what works for one person i mean yeah. even bridger i remember when you first came in here and, and you did your seminar for full draw and you were talking about and you were like just whatever's repetitive if, do if, you
1: yeah reproduce it yes yeah. the,
3: the goal the end goal in competitive archery is to score more points than the other guy like as long as that happens I'm like yeah. who
2: gives a shit who gives a crap because i struggled a lot when you and i started working together because You know, some people thought that I have to look this way and shoot Mm -hmm. this way and everything. I was like, dude, I cannot do this physically. And we're like, that's like telling Rio, hey, don't lean back back anymore. Mm -hmm. Don't Don't do this. Don't do that. Shorten shorten your drawing two
0: inches and stand up straight. Just do it the best way you can. So, yeah, get that shit out of your head and go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's really really. And that's part of that mentality of NTS. We tried to create this cookie cutter approach to archery and then put everybody in this process-driven yeah, Yes, I would completely agree. And we, we as humans, and, I, and I've done a lot of study on this, you have fat guys, skinny guys, um, people don't have their legs. You can't do that because we all are different in how we approach it. Like even when I, if I see someone who wants to shoot competitively, I just watch them shoot for like 10 minutes, yes. 15 minutes. What's their body wanting to do, and how can I build that process around their natural tendencies? Because if I try to deviate and change that tendency... And you're going to suck. You may recover at some point in time, but you also may walk away from the sport. Right. And and I know, hate to say it, but I got to know a couple of kids that went and joined that stupid red team that they have. Yes. And they were, and both these two kids were top two, top tier shooters that are no longer shooting archer because of it. Wow. Literally. I mean, this one kid, he was with Adam every year on the championship bail at every tournament. And all of a sudden one day, one year he's not there and I'm walking down the line trying to find him. He's only like seventh and eighth bail. I'll go to his dad, who I've known for, you know, five years. What's going on with your son? Well, he went to Colorado Springs, and he's trying to make that USAT national team. And, Pressure. you know, they, they changed everything and how he shoots. And, and I, I got a new coach for him and spent a lot of money. I'm like, and that's the result? Dude, you're getting snookered. <laughs> because he should be down here. He's good enough. And the kid quit uh, two years later out of archery.
1: Yeah, I can it I've can see. i seen that. I've seen it, yep.
0: Yeah, because they tried to change everything that he was doing. Actually was told in Colorado Springs when he went to that, that, that Dream Team camp, um, you had two choices. Either he's going to have to conform and shoot the way we want, or he, he needs to leave.
1: Wow. What's was dad doing? I didn't
3: get told that, but I, I remember doing a couple camps. We did a camp at SoCal uh, before, I think it was WUSHI, the Youth Outdoor Worlds. Mm-hmm. And I remember literally having to tell coaches like, "Don't, don't, talk don't, to me. don't talk to me. <laughs> if you come within ten feet of my bow with a set of Allen wrenches, I will fight you." Exactly because I there, were, I bet I fixed three or four bows there that people that, kind that of just tried up. to jack with. Yeah, and I remember uh, Braden Galentine when he was coaching Dahlia, same guy that came with us to, Antalya that one year. Yeah. Like, dude, it took it took him three weeks to get her back to normal. Right, the quote unquote normal. Because the some of the stuff that they were teaching. Oh, it's unbelievable. It was wild. It like and above just like man, I what recurve I'm you're experienced enough, Scott, as a coach, like you can you know how to make recurvers work and you right. know how to make compounders work. Right. But man, there's a lot of guys that cannot differentiate no. between the two. No. Well,
0: it's like but, Natasha, she went to that red camp that we have here in Texas, and God darn, it, that's why I will not let any of our kids go anymore because you, they go up there and they've got some kids, you know, shooting in the evaluation phase and I'm watching all of them.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: I shouldn't have went there. I had it. I mean, it was, you me, there were bets in the shop of how soon I would get thrown out. <laughs> um, and I mean, biting my tongue was hard, but I'm watching all these kids shooting. There's some great archers. There's some kids up there that can hammer. And then they get into the, their equipment evaluation and you're watching this guy go up there and he's stripping all the veins off their arrows and changing their plunger tension. And I mean, just really rebuilding their bow. And then I'm watching that same kid go up and suck for the next two days. And I'm like, and I told Natasha, when you go up there, because I knew the coaches, when you, when they get to that phase, you'd turn around and said, oh, if you want to touch my boy, you go talk to him.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: they would look over and see me and be like, okay, yeah, you're fine. And move them on because I would blow a gasket and they know me. Right. She's good to be good. Um, but they were doing it for And so they went to, who's a Mexican girl? It's on the national team. Anna. Anna, Or yeah.
1: Catalina. No,
0: it was Anna. No, it was Anna. Anna. a real pretty young girl. Yeah. Anyway, she's there and they don't know who she is. And she pulled a bridger. They got over to her. I'll never forget this. And they're getting ready to pull an arrow on a quiver. And she grabs this guy's hand and says, No, no, stop. And he's like, What? You are not allowed to touch my bow. You you do not even talk to me about how I shoot and changing my form or anything. I am here for one thing the mental training of this and to get the practice in. Other than I don't need anything. And she was just, of course, mopping everybody. This girl was amazing. She just went to Tokyo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she did.
1: So my question would be I agree with you that. If you have your own coach, you need, they need to respect Yeah. the realm of that coach. Right. But if they don't want to change their form or their bow, why are they at camp?
0: Because they got, it's an ego thing. Think about it.
1: Okay. The, I mean,
0: these kids, you know, they go out and get invited. Okay. And, um, cause I had a kid this year that went to it. I mean, he's not, I don't coach him personally, mm-hmm. but he comes to our shop and shoots out of here and he went for the experience and and just uh, to
1: experience what a camp would be Yeah. Like.
0: and he and he told them and I and I knew his equipment I'd work on his equipment tech the technical side of it. Right. And he told Jerry he says yeah um Scott tuned my bow and said it really doesn't need to be touched and Jerry's like we're good.
1: Right. Yeah. Exactly. Be respectful but, of that.
0: But the thing is is that these kids are getting invited and
1: it's a it's an I
0: mean it's one of the Migo things again. Yes. It's, it's a red team. Yeah. You know, and um, so they get excited about it and parents don't know any better. They get up there. I mean, there was one young lady that was shooting as good as the Mexican national shooter and literally watched her go from shooting amazing to sucking when they redid her bow. I was sitting there watching the coach tear her bow down. Wow. Changing plunger tension and everything. And I'm like, did you not watch her shoot a mile ago? That girl's lights out. So your job is to just refine (laughs) what she already has. But and that's a good coach. But instead, you know what coaches do? For the sake of change, to make themselves relevant? Yes. They'll make a change just so they can put their stamp on it.
1: So I was I was at Chula as a resident athlete short term for six weeks. And Mackenzie Brown and Jack Williams are like, you're both so messed up. I said, what's wrong with my bow? You know, I'm shooting pretty good. And they're like... It doesn't like let's shoot it through paper and it was adorable because they probably took three hours to set my and I had already had all the specs and everything to make it shoot through paper. <laughs> and Mackenzie's like this because I have a 24 inch draw and yeah. she has like eagle wings. Right. And J- Jack is like like the yeah. It took them three hours. They got it to shoot through paper the way they wanted it and I couldn't hit anything with it. So yeah. they had to put everything back, which was the agreement when we started. And I'm drilling it. And it was it was funny because it was a learning experience for them. It right. looks different to you. We were just talking about the That's individuality right. of your equipment and even how you shoot it.
2: Yeah. A whole I big mean we've, time. we've talked about that plenty of times. We start through paper when we when we've had our technical talks about tuning and stuff like that. You shoot it through paper, then you do a walk back tune or everything else and you go shoot it through paper and if you're O C D, you're fucked. Oh you're, yeah! It's like, you're gonna I have. I like all the time.
3: To, it's like talking to Blake. Man. I, yeah, exactly. I, I don't know. I bear shaft tuned and everything. And it's, but man, it's just not shooting good. I moved some stuff. And I, now it's just railing, but I can't get a clean paper tear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They Guys don't. They, don't, make me they crazy. We don't. The whole goal of shooting competitive archery, is said a minute ago, like if you score more points, right, than the yeah. other guy, you win. I think, and like nobody, nobody gives a fly. How? Fly and like fuck what your arrow looks well, like. in last down year, there.
0: how bad was Cassidy's bow, I heard, at reading.
3: Oh, dude. They like, said it was I atrocious. Mean, you, you they could, took a sword dude, to you, that paper. You could read X-Impact on the side of her shaft <laughs> heading down to the target. But Homegirl got oh, second. Almost, was leading after day one. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, go tell her to go change her bow.
2: I remember yeah. somebody posting something on Facebook about paper tears and whatnot, and Steve chimed in. And he said, I'll worry about a paper tear when they put a... a piece of paper in front of a bale at 50 meters <laughs> and i have to shoot my arrows through it yeah, yeah you, you, you start get getting tung- scored
3: you can start getting point deductions for bad arrow for bad arrow for a flight. bad, arrow, flight. Yeah, for a bad now, arrow tear i'm not saying like everybody hey go tune your bow so your arrow flies like dog shit but no, no but like it's a good starting point 90 99 of the time if your arrows get through paper like it's probably pretty damn close to where you need to be but right. like, if if you have a certain tendency or you know you hold your release or bow one way or another that changes your arrow flight to the point where you get better impact results. You know, it it hits behind the pin. Who cares? Yeah, who cares? Yeah.
1: I think think it's all about putting enough arrows through it. So I made the USA team with a Diamond Infinity. Probably the most <laughs> untunable yeah. bow out yeah. Yeah. there. Yeah. I just figured out how to shoot it. You so
3: shoot. that'll bring us... But what that's, that's a Scottism there. Yeah, right, is exactly. Shoot your damn bow.
2: Shoot your damn that'll bow. That'll bring us all the way back to the beginning. We've had an hour and five minutes of rants. Yeah, so look, we got it good was good. Let's go, let's go back to how you started.
1: Um, how you arch- started archery. Okay, I started archery. I went to an adaptive sports camp for um, wounded vets in Tula Vista. And every day, it was five days. So every morning and every afternoon, we try a different adaptive thing. And I was already 48 years old, like old, old and chunky. And so, you know, I'm not going to be um, wheelchair basketball because mm-hmm. it just hits me in the head. I'm certainly not, you know, a push chair racer because they're skinny and flat. Right. So I didn't want to do that. Wheelchair rugby, they pinched my fingers between the rims and I cried. So I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. Sitting volleyball. So I can't lift my arms very well over my head. So I'm like this. And this big guy, I think it was Kisikora, spiked the ball into my face, not knowing me. <laughs> and he's like, and I'm bleeding. And I'm like, what am I doing here? He's like, why did you put your hands up? Because I'm trying to keep my body up. Yeah. So we get to archery. And it's quiet and it's calm. And I'm like, I have never shot archery. My brothers played around with it as little kids. And I'm like, hmm, so how does it work? Will you sit? Do you sit in your chair? I'm like, I'm really good at that. Yeah. This is my sport. I can sit really still. So I met the coach then whose name was Randy Smith, at that camp. And she invited me to a couple, um, they called them Emerging Archers Camp. And she said, "I really, you know, what do you think about the Paralympics, all this stuff? And I'm like, yeah, no, that's, I'm old. I'm old and I have progressive MS. And she said, I don't know, what do you think about that? So I finally went to get classified at Arizona Cup 2000, either 14 or 15. And I'm like, so tell me more about this classification. What does that mean? You know, what are the classes? So they explained, you know. You have open compound you have open recurve you have um w1 which i'm like well what's that and michael luca looked at me and he said means you're really fucked up <laughs> <laughs> so i looked truth. i looked at that's randy hilarious. and said what do you think i am and she said well i think you're a w1 i'm like i'm not doing it I'm, I'm done because i when you're catastrophically injured like boom like you can that's what happened to me in 2014 No, I did okay. I would lose vision. I would, you know, maybe have to use a walker or a cane for a while, but bam, my ability to control my body and my legs, like literally was within a week and they took me off all care. So I'm in palliative care. I'm one step for the last eight years below hospice. Really? Yeah. So I already was just coming to grips with having to be in a wheelchair, terrified of dying, all of that. And then Michael says, well, you're half dead anyway. So I'm like, I don't, I don't want to do this because I'm trying to move forward. And she right. told me, Leah, you have the opportunity, uh, you know, to change people's lives. Because if you, the, we've never in the United States had a W1 woman mm-hmm. ever even be classified. really. So that's an opportunity to you to change people's lives. It gives you a platform. Right. I'm like, so I went in and the classification is all deficit-based, what you can't do. Right. And, and every time I get classified, I come out of there crying because it's about what you can't do. And I don't live my life that way. Right. I live it about what I can. So I got classified and I just started f- shooting for Team USA. And, um, you know, I'm still, eight years later, the only W1. And we've been looking for years for another W1 person that can be classified, woman that can be classified as a W1. And right. they don't exist because it's so hard. But I was not recruited to the, to the para team because I was an athlete or because I was an archer. I was recruited because I was so fucked up and they had a slot to fill. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So make no mistake. I'm not, people say, oh, you're a lifelong athlete. No, I'm not.
0: So you were in the service at Army? Army. Army. Mm -hmm. How
1: long? Uh, Two years. So from 82 to 84, one of the vaccines that I, I'm a truck driver, 88, Mike, and I suck at it. Absolutely suck at it. I cannot back a trailer up to save my life. It's horrible. (laughs) I actually enlisted as an MP. And then they realized I was too short because they used to have a, a height, height requirement. You have to be 5'4", and I'm 5'3". Gotcha. So they're like, you can be a cook or a truck driver. So, so I have eight brothers and sisters. I sure am going to be a cook. Yeah, exactly. So I went to be a truck driver, and I'm like, yeah. So, but I got some vaccines, and it triggered an autoimmune response. And they think it's the anthrax one. It triggered an autoimmune response on the women because military vaccines don't have to be like checked like Mm -hmm. like civilian ones right and so like 64 of us like went down and they thought no they thought it was a in the battalion they thought it was like a meningitis outbreak but whatever it is was a bad vaccine so there's probably only 12 of us left alive and i'm 57
0: holy crap
1: but that's not uncommon in the military or actually jack jack charlesworth got polio from the polio vaccine at six months old that's so crazy. it's it's not uncommon. Um, there's a, a guy named Chris Wolfe who also has the same thing as me, where he went down from um, a vaccine, a military yeah. vaccine, and those are just people that I know. So it's just
2: horrible luck. No, that, yeah, there is. And I'm not an you.
1: I'm not an anti-vaxer at all. People right. say, well, well, just because it happened to me does not mean I want to keep everybody else safe. You know, right, that's what exactly. I want to do. I yeah. just lead by example. So anyway, that's how I was recruited to the team, and you know, every year that I've competed. Uh, i've lost function right so So you're
0: actually losing function oh yeah even
1: since jay's known me you know i when i went to rio i used elbow crutches and walked onto the plane really and i don't think i've walked since because those big competitions kill me yeah they like literally like laid out so after what after tokyo i was like god tell me I'm tired. I am so tired because sometimes I end up in the hospital. So after Rio, I was in the hospital for nine weeks.
4: No kidding. A failure
1: to thrive. Yep. So now what's going on now is I'm I'm losing my ability to swallow and to digest food. So I'm like, okay. So I go to Tokyo. And then when we went to Dubai, I'm like, God, tell me. I feel like I'm at the end here. What comes next? Yeah. So I had made the world championship team because of Tokyo. So we get to the world championship and they... When we're in seclusion, they keep giving us um, like food because you can't leave your room, and I'm getting like baby food. And Marta Chávez has all the good stuff over there, and I'm like, what the heck? So I'm like, she got wieners. I get no wieners. I don't get wieners. <laughs> You know, she got an apple. I get an apple. I got an apple. So, what the heck's going on? Choking hazard is on my profile. Are you kidding? No. Me? Oh so, then, God. of course, I'm not even going to go there, but you know the joke that was about oh, the I wieners bet. and the. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah. So, I got COVID in 2000. Well, 2020, I got COVID, spent 10 weeks in the hospital, and it put me in heart failure, and I'll never come out of it. I am in stage two heart failure. Wow. So, you know, physically, my body is like, okay, enough, enough. And right. so when I went to Dubai and made it through those elimination matches and went to the, to the I thought I was in, this, in the bronze medal match. I didn't realize that that was the gold medal match. But all the, the team had made dinner reservations to go out thinking that I wasn't going to do it because I have never been able to close the deal. Right. <clears throat> you know, in Rio, fourth place. Yeah. In Tokyo, fourth place. Right. In world championships, well, we won one. Together as a team, but as as an individual, I'd never been able to close the deal because I'm thinking the same thing you're thinking. Well, she shot she shot an eight, so I've got to shoot a a six, or you know, (laughs) I came all this way, so I really need to shoot this because you know, whatever, whatever. I don't know if I'm going to get a second chance. Talking
0: yourself out of it. Talking
1: myself out of. But in Dubai, I was so tired and hot over it yeah. <laughs> i'm like okay
0: i just gotta get out of here <laughs> yes good
1: timing good rhythm good focus good finish yeah. that's all i could think about and laid it out it was so funny because when i saw tim Belumbo and eric bennett they're like we had reservations three hours ago we're like no way is she going all the way which is awesome to yeah, see that's cool but what i was going to say about social media is um over covid I know a guy that is a vet and he, he's a really high amputee and his kids are in Boy Scouts and he wanted to learn to shoot a bow in the backyard with them. So he said, how do you put one of those chew tabby things on? Mm-hmm. So over, over Facebook and over FaceTime, I taught him how to put a chew tab. So he began to shoot. Well, he's the one, of the, one of the two guys that did that first tack. His name is Jonathan Lopez. Okay. And he did it with another friend, Caleb Brewer, who is a Green Beret and he's a high double amputee. So those two were the ones, and they never told anybody that they were dable, it, or disabled archers until they mm-hmm. got there. And then yeah. they're like...
0: Well, I heard somebody carried one of those guys on the course, didn't they?
1: Um, that was the next year. Okay, yeah, the next year, right. Jonathan um Jonathan Plank. Blank. Yes. Yeah. Um, so they're shooting, and of course, Black Rifle picked up on that, and so did Tack, and they did a lot right. of social media mm-hmm. about those two guys. Right. So what they didn't think of, Caleb and John, Caleb was smart enough to bring hiking sticks, but he couldn't carry his bow. And John only has one arm. So we're like, okay, how's this going to work? So John would put Caleb's bow over his head and care. And then Caleb would walk. So walk yeah. the course or whatever the best they could. And that people were catching their attention. But because of that on Instagram, this little tiny girl who is seven years old in West Virginia. She's shooting now. Can't move her arm. She has a brachial plexus and her mom saw, she's like, Hey honey, look at this guy shooting bow. He only has one arm. Right. And she's like, can you, and his last name is Lopez. Can you ask Mr. Pez how he did that? So, and he's got a huge social media following. So he, her mom sent him a message. He sent Honey a bow to learn to shoot it. Mm-hmm. So when we had a camp for OEW later, we invited her to the camp and she was shooting lights out with just this little toy bow. So we right. of course got her a, you know, a better bow and, right. and th- with a caveat that she sent her bow to somebody else. So I put Pay out it a- forward. Yeah. So I put out a video of Lopez- And Honey and me shooting off the back porch of this place in Ohio. And I put it on my TikTok. It has 8 million views. That's awesome. It's crazy. I put some out, you know, on uh, Jerry Shields, who had a stroke. And he shoots with a a shoulder strap. Shoulder strap, yeah. 5 million views. Yeah. So people all over the world are seeing these things differently. But this lady got a hold of Honey's mom from that video on Instagram and said, I am an idiot because my son is eight years old and only has one arm, and I pulled him out of Boy Scouts so he didn't have to find failure. Oh, my God. So, man. guess who got Honey's Bowl? Honey sent it to him.
0: Sent it to him. That's cool. That's so, so cool. it
1: can absolutely be used for good. For
0: good stuff. Absolutely. And that's yeah. a good stuff right there for sure. Yeah. Because, and that's, you know, it's, we do a lot with um, we, one of our guys, Roger Koss, uh, runs yes. the Kinetic Kids program here. So, we have kids of all walks of life right. that are in the same situation, mouth tab shooter you know chin shooters everything right and of course you know with jason and i'm coaching eric Lindsay, who's also a w yes. shooter and
1: my boys yeah
0: and it's it's awesome because i know one of our owners came in one day when the connect kids were back here and he's having a bad day And he says man you think you're having a bad day in life you come over and watch these kids shoot you'll reevaluate what a, what a bad day is you know? so
1: do you know who roger's first adaptive athlete was
0: me. Was it real? In real? Colorado Springs. No kidding. Yeah, really. his,
1: his son Riley was shooting at, the, at a shop, that the only one that I went to, and he looks at me, he's like, you can shoot a ball? I'm like, I don't know, I'm going to try.
0: <laughs> I'm going to try.
1: Yeah, and now look at him. Now yeah. he's leading the way. Yeah,
0: he's awesome. He does an amazing so, job with those kids. I yeah. Mean, it's awesome. And it's, it's cool because we have so many kids that are in that situation, and man, those kids, they don't know. They, they don't even know they have a disability. I'm going to be honest.
1: Well, I'm going to be honest with you. When I met Emma Rose Ravish, who is on the USA team, and Emma was born with no legs. Mm-hmm. Like oh,
0: I've seen her. Yeah, Yeah. she's, cool. yeah, she's
1: adorable. A yeah. little tiny redhead. Yep, redhead. Right and Arizona Cup 2018, everybody kept coming up to me and saying, hey, Leah, there's a little girl down there shooting a bow from a chair. Do you know her? And I'm like, not yet. So I roll down, and I roll up to her, and she looked at me. She's like, oh, my gosh, I've never seen anybody else in a wheelchair shoot shoot a bow, like at a competition. And I'm like, yeah, I introduced myself. Like, so why haven't I seen you at another pair of things? And she looked me dead in the eye, she said, Oh, I don't have any disabilities. Isn't that crazy? And I said, I think I love you. Tell me some more about that. And what she thought I was talking about was Special Olympics, because that's what happens. Happens, right. These kids that have physical challenges are channeled into Special Olympics. And that's not their peer group. Mm -hmm. Their peer group is jo Right. or whatever. That's where they need to be. So right. I think that they hide sometimes from sports that they think are geared towards Special Olympians. Right. But uh, another side of that, my mom, since I started shooting, has told every single person she's ever met that I'm in the Special Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> every time. That's going
2: to drive you crazy. My <laughs> daughter
1: Lisa, she shoots a bow. She's in a wheelchair. She shoots in the Special Olympics. We're yeah. so proud of her. Right. I'm like, yeah, thanks mom. Thanks and the pilot lot. always says that too. <laughs> well, today, about, today on board our flight, we have um, a special Olympian. And I'm like, oh,
0: well, you know, it's funny, even Roger deals with it. I mean, cause those kids are in here, you know, every week Yeah. and they're here when we also are having our regular kids academy programs. Yes. And, I mean, Roger's, he's going to have to deal with this actually pretty soon because, and I learned this from you, I mean, you know, years ago, those kids. So like they have their own coach, Melissa coaches, those other mm-hmm. kids and Roger's coaching the, the, the kinetic kids and they'll go outside sometimes to shoot and Roger will keep them in here. And the first thing they ask, them, well, why can't we do what they're doing? Yes. You know, and Roger's like, so Roger's focused on winning kinetic kids programs, but mm-hmm. which is, you know, exactly what you just said. It's a program developed specifically for them. Yes. I mean, I hate to tell him this, and I've, I've talked to him a little bit about mm-hmm. it. Those kids want to do what they're doing.
1: Yes, because they that's don't see
0: themselves. They don't see themselves as disadvantaged or, you know, handicapped, if you want to call it. They're, they don't. They want to be with the other kids because yes. they've, they've all befriended each other, and they just want to be normal. Jason's told me that for years. I don't want you to create a cripple class. Yes, yes. I want to shoot with the best in the world. I don't give a shit.
1: Right. Exactly. You know? Because exactly. that's how
0: you get better, and he doesn't want to be, you know, pigeonholed you know, into a certain category. I'd, I'd win right. league every time we had it. <laughs>
1: yeah. And I'd and be that, the only one. I think the people that are at range, when I first started, people were telling me when they would roll into a range, people would, the people that work there would ignore them because they were that uncomfortable yeah. with even trying to address the issue. And they were afraid of, you know, liability, right. all this right. other stuff. And, I think that's the worst kind of discrimination oh, is to terrible. be treated like you're invisible. Oh. I would rather you stare at me so I can smile and say, hey, hey. how's your day? <laughs> oh. Or whatever, approach me or, you know, can I pray for you for your legs to grow back? I yeah. was with Emma Rose and they did that. And she's like, I'm not a tadpole. <laughs> They're not going to grow back.
3: We were dogging USA Archery earlier, but I, that is one thing that I think they USA do well. Archery has done a phenomenal job at. Like, I... The amount of friends I've made and your yes. guys division, in the para division in the para world is insane. I mean, Stutzman. I used to live an hour and a half from Stutzman, yes. and him and I used to just hang out all the time. Train wreck. Uh, yes. You know, you two, obviously Jason. Yes. Uh, you know, a multitude of others. And
1: I think, no, no USA like,
3: Archery is that's one the, thing the that only, they do a phenomenal job. Exactly, if it wasn't for them, you good guys wouldn't have exposure for everybody. A, you
0: all wouldn't have a platform.
1: I don't. I don't. This is going to well, sound bad. That I mean it, that change didn't come because of USA Archery. That mm-hmm. change came because new people that came on board, train wreck you, mm-hmm. me, that are just naturally outgrowing leaders, bridged that divide.
3: Yeah, really. Hey,
1: how are you? Ta-? You know, before it was like they kept saying, "Oh, we're the redheaded stepchild," or "They don't like us," or "They don't want us here," or whatever. And it's like well, that never entered my mind.
3: Even even so much like I'm more referencing like. At USATS, we shoot against each other. That's how Jason yes. and I first met was, yeah. I mean, I don't remember shooting that match, but I, like. Yeah, it wasn't very memorable. Thanks, Bridger. <laughs>
1: <laughs> My first match was against Paige Pierce. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like.
3: Don't worry. I, I didn't know who you were either. I, I mean, didn't know who she okay. was either.
1: I'm like, no, nah, yeah. even I mean, now. Sor-
3: sorry, I'm out there waxing your ass, but like. <laughs> like <laughs> yes. But I mean, it's.
1: So you proud God of to give gives, gives you guys a connection day.
3: to let, let you guys shoot with us. And I mean, more reality. It lets us shoot with you guys because you guys are way more interesting than any of the well, other balls I got. That's hang what out people shoot say. Every week,
1: yeah. That we get, you know, we've people that now are more aware of paras through shooting together or USATs sets or whatever. Mm. Just even social media, they're more aware of other challenges or other things. Or so on the board, people will always say, "Wait a minute, let's ask Leah about whatever it may be, like right. the coaching mm-hmm. thing and the safe sport." Here's the problem is when somebody comes back that can walk, can go to their coach back there on the coaching line. Right. We sit on a line like baked chickens and brosters. 100%. Oh,
4: yeah, yeah you guys can't. You're not moving.
0: Right. Oh, so,
1: so we talked about that at the board meeting, and you need to, you need to change that. Yeah.
0: And this well, is why. So I got a question. Because so, one thing that I've always been fascinated with, the W1 category. Um, they do, in my opinion, they're trying to find a way to make a hard sport for you guys already harder.
1: Oh, with the with the peep in that you just mean
0: just everything. I mean everything around it. The the and the reason I'm saying this is because dealing with Jason and Eric two yes. completely different injured individuals mm-hmm. as far as where their injuries are, same how injury much, different abilities. Yeah, and how much dexterity he has that Eric doesn't have. Right. Um, it's it's and then you. I guess my point being is, that, and I know he can apply for exemptions, but yeah. They, once again, made this cookie-cutter approach to chair height, back height, and yes. all this stuff, and it's like, it doesn't make sense.
1: But you the can't. reason they have to do that is because somebody fucked them over. Those things just don't come out of the blue. Somebody tried to get away with something, just like really? in TSA when they want to look down your underpants if you're in a wheelchair. There's a reason they do that, because yeah. somebody tried to stick something in their underpants a, and get through. Really? So that's why I think with W1, and we see a lot of people, especially from other countries, trying to be W1 that aren't.
3: Uh, oh, yeah. Trust oh me. Oh, my uh, gosh, I was, I the I know. The, was it the Spanish basketball team after they won the wheelchair basketball team? They all stood up.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> think, was no. it the Spanish team? Yeah. Yeah. It was Spain or Brazil or Spain something. Spain or Brazil.
3: Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. And then was, uh, was it wow. the... God, I, I think it was the year Stussman got second. Uh one of the guys that was shooting stood up out of his chair and like jumped into the crowd.
1: Yes. Yes. Was that, that twelve no? in
3: London? Yeah. Are you serious? Oh yeah, 100 percent Because they so- you guys have gone through a whole classification restructure that yes. like, just what, happened what, again like in 2017. Years, last five years or yeah. so. Wow. Yeah. Like big classification restructuring. Yeah, I can't I can't remember what class the big it was. one. Was it Recurve Open, maybe? I think but so. But they like the dude that won literally jumped out of his chair and leaped into the crowd
1: yeah yeah we had an issue wow. with some people from great britain so the wow. the last day they shot in 2017 they didn't get other chairs they're like been i've been in a wheelchair my whole life all this you know what what is it that walker wears like all these braces and shit i'm like why the fuck do you need knee braces if you can't walk
2: <laughs> yeah he's on a he's in, he was in a wheelchair wearing like Don joy look like uh, uh- Force Gump. Looking like an yeah. offensive lineman. Yeah,
1: you know, or ankle, <laughs> whatever. So they were W1 Thursday, Friday. We all get on a plane to go home, and their coach said, you need to move to the front, and they both fucking stood up and walked to the other end of the bus. One day after not being a W1. So there's a reason.
2: Yeah, the big reclass uh, turnaround was in W1, mm-hmm. because now you had to have uh, a loss of trunk, a major mm-hmm. loss of lower limbs and, and upper body. Yeah. As well. So, like, Jerry well,
1: Shields is not a W1 anymore.
2: Jeff really? Fabry. Neither
1: is Jeff Fabry, knew- who's a double amputee.
3: How yeah. is that possible? Well,
2: Because he's missing an arm, he's missing a leg, but he can still stand. He yeah. has the full... Je- I mean,
3: and he has Jeff, four. in all reality, yeah. is the reason they changed the W1 rule from a 60-pound max to the new 45-pound uh, max. Yes. Because most of the guys that were shooting W1, at least in the U.S., they... I mean, most of them were like in your guys' situation where they've got a loss of trunk function. Yeah, and, they can't you know can't, 60 can't move pound. their leg. You know, you can't they can't have hold, zero yeah. mobility in their legs. Right, right. Whereas, I mean, if Jeff wasn't missing his arm and leg, like he'd be Fine. a normal, normal guy. guy. Well, he could get a prosthetic even, and probably. He oh does. yeah, he has. He has, he has prosthetics. Yeah, okay.
1: yeah, they're in the garage.
3: But just <laughs> yeah, he never uses them. <laughs> Just having that trunk control. <laughs> he, He just, like, scoots backwards like me in an office chair, zipping down the lane. So
1: so the guy that won against Matt at World Championships is Mm -hmm. a triple amputee in the men's open. He only has one arm left. So he was young and hit by a train. So he has one limb, one arm. So between him and Matt, they had one One, arm arm and three legs. (laughs) Between the three. Because
0: you would think think that with Matt's situation, he would be a W1 potential, but he's not.
3: Uh no.
2: I don't
1: think it was ever even considered.
2: He's got full use of his legs, full use of his trunk. They,
3: I talked to him about it. They te- he technically has to have like some a technical exemption because he's missing arms and uses his legs cuz most of the time for an open it's like one loss of limb and normally it's a lower extremity. Right. Mm-hmm. So for him he's like, yeah, they basically have to take me and flip my chart upside down. Yeah.
1: Yes. So, but what man has done in teaching people to shoot archery with their feet? Oh it yeah.
3: Amazing. It's a See, that's big thing social you know. media. That's, that's social that's, media. I was actually gonna bring that up yeah. when you were talking about the that's the how, young kids that were doing that. The kid like, he shot against here last month that or two, two months from, ago uh, was his idol. I mean Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes. And there there were five people at the World Championships that because had no arms. Because of that's, Matt. because of they saw Matt. Yeah. And and look at the little the little girl Honey and, and her the little boy that came after her. It was social media. That's where they that's where
0: that is where it there's, works. There's
2: but that's good lines. use of social media. Yeah. That's awesome. And the only Versus. people that are
1: going to change that is again us. us, boots on the ground.
2: Yeah, no we well, go beat the it. shit out of the bad social media influencers.
3: Yeah. <laughs> ban their <laughs> channels. Ac- Acubo. ban their, ban their, ban their channel. I don't. We don't need any more Insta sluts. Yeah, <laughs> fucking ban.
0: Um. Uh. Yeah, that's that's actually really. That's some get some cool stuff. Well, it's good to know because I always wondered why all the restrictions and i didn't realize that there was rampant potential No, but cheat. they're
1: cheating all oh my in swimming it's horrible. Yeah. It's it's horrible and it's certain countries that do it and they believe it's strategic. So i read an article about why great britain always gets called on the called on the line about this and they're like why wouldn't you have the highest functioning person in a class? Yeah. That's strategic.
3: I mean, they ain't wrong. They ain't right? Wrong. Well, I'm, and I, I'm I can't like, yeah, disagree with that.
1: Where's the line from being strategic to being a cheater?
0: Yeah, it's that's gray. Mm-hmm. That's a blurred gray line without yeah. a doubt.
3: I mean, but even like the U.S., I mean, not saying we did it intentionally mm-hmm. or like our programs did it intentionally, but I mean, you had a dude with a bone spur in his heel. Yes. Shooting on the U.S. team.
1: Yes. Yeah. Well, that's one of the reasons I'm retiring. Um, not only that I'm tired, but, you know, I'm at the top of my game now, but I shot Arizona Cup with th- Eric Lindsay, um, Jack Charlesworth, and Lucas, who's from my bow shop at my little hometown of Lacrosse, mm-hmm. And I have far more capable than they are. They are way more impaired than I am. Yeah. So why would I, you know, when I was before the 2017 thing, I would look at people that were higher functioning than me. And I'm like, why the fuck are they in my class? i don't have a chance. Right. And when I pulled off the line in Arizona, I'm like, yeah, this is your sign, Leah. Yeah. This is your well, sign. You know, it's
0: funny you say that because Eric right now is struggling with the fact that, um, how good Jason is in you
1: we're higher function, And, and
0: he, he's having trouble saying, why can't I get there? And he's a, he's a, he's a true quad. He's, yes. Yeah, and, and, but, and it's and, weird because I have to explain that to him say, look, your injuries or your capabilities compared to like Jason Lee are, are far greater.
1: I wish they would have like W1A and B or whatever. So yeah. I actually got called for a reclassification at World Championships. Did you really? Yeah, because and it was a whole clusterfuck. It was bullshit. But yeah. anyway, do I believe I'm a W1? Maybe, yeah. Am I a woman's open? Nope. Not even close. Right. I can't, it's hard for me to load my arrows, yeah. just exactly. to load the arrows. But like, I don't know, who was, oh, your friend Jesse, I moved my foot the other day. He's like, oh my God, it's a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you freaked him out. Yeah. How did you do that? I'm like, I can move my feet. Right. I, you know. She always not,
2: says, I'm not paralyzed, I just can't move.
1: I, I lack function. Yeah, as lack you function. Know. Yeah. yeah. I well, mean, w- when I did walk, I walked like a drunk toddler. <laughs> And you only take so many people out, and they're like, sit your ass down.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I remember when I got classified in Czech Republic, I was told the same thing. They said, you're, you're not men's open. Right. Are you truly W1-ish?
1: You're closest yeah, to my, that class. my thing
2: was, if we put you in men's open, we're doing you a disservice because my my uh, core strength is so bad right. that I have absolutely zero balance in my right hand still impaired but i do have the strength versus eric doesn't have the strength to and neither pull does back my the friend lucas correct where they don't have the strength to do pull up like i do mm-hmm. right i don't have the same balance as let's say david from right Check. Yeah. yes things yes. like that so w1 is, is messed up and you know i'll get i can get on a soapbox with this because they have rules in there that it it it's set the way it is because somebody has an option to shoot a recurve well, if you yeah. can shoot a recurve in W1, you don't
0: belong there because exactly. you should oh, have no. hand function. Because you have hand function and so a lot of stuff is antiquated. Unless you shoot them out. Tag, tab. That's the only way you could do it.
1: Well, you know, in Tokyo, I had a new chair that had handles on the back. And when I went through inspection the night before quals, they're like, yeah, you need to take those off. And it was it was a box chair, so it's welded brand new. Yep. I'm like, uh, no. And I'm like, why? And they're like, because you lean on and it was... for support. I'm like, I don't lean on it for support. So they gave me my bow and I went. So, literally, we cut the top you half of my off? chair oh, yeah. off in Tokyo.
2: She posted a picture, and these canes Just, right here, it was sawed off and everything. And even there.
1: the first rung of this, and I'm like, yeah. well, that freaking sucks. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah I went blows. into quals. I didn't have a chance to practice after that right. before going into quals, mm-hmm. so I'm like... Holy cow! That feels weird. I guess I was using them, but wait, it was you legit. Changed,
2: you changed you it? it the night before, and then went to a tournament. Yeah, you need to be one of our staff shooters.
3: <laughs> you need to. You need to do exactly. the old hotel room bed trick. What's that? You flip the bed up and the bed frame, and then you put the phone book behind the mattress. Between the mattress and the wall, and shoot it into the mattress. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Bridger's done dead, that. Dead serious. I did that in the first year I went to Medellin. My bow was shooting like dog shit because my. So you shot moved through out. a
1: hotel's mattress?
3: Yeah, I took the mattress, flipped it up, put the phone book behind it. Roger Willett was on the team at the time. Took a newspaper. Uh, two arrows, taped the newspaper to it, and held it up, and I paper to my bow in the hotel room. Oh,
1: my God. That's really creative, actually. Actually, during COVID, I had We used to do
3: a, shit like that all the time at World Cups. I
1: had a foam block at the end of my little nine-foot thing, and I was shooting into it, and I got a, I got a note on my door from management. They thought I was getting hinky in the middle of the night, and it was disturbing. Oh,
0: my gosh. Are you kidding <laughs> me? No, I can't
1: look at anybody <laughs> in the elevator anymore. Your neighbors have complained. Could you please keep your night time? Escapades. cousin <laughs> like, COVID Lee I, I is a w- freak. I know. I had my nights and days mixed up because oh, it didn't work. We,
3: we were horrible. We'd, we, we'd, Scott and I would be up bullshitting in the lounge room here until two, 2 3 4 a.m. And then we'd sleep until 1 or 2 in the afternoon. That hour. was me. So I'm like, puke. We you all kinds of jacked up. Well, at really least nobody called up. you
1: out on I'm like, yeah, I'll never shoot him. Oh, <laughs> inside again.
3: But that's yeah, hilarious we, yeah if you ever if, if anybody listen if you ever need to practice practice arrange clothes wherever just take that phone book out of the out of the drawer in the hotel room yeah. flip that mattress up just lean it against the wall stick the phone book there just that way you're not having to you know you're shooting at the bottom of the mattress they don't look at that that's at true old. they never
1: hopefully check you that. don't hit a coil low yeah or a spring
3: oh no they got good mattresses <laughs> that's
1: that, then that's the phone very book creative. just
3: keeps it from poking a hole in the wall there you go so, uh, pro, hey, that is pro tip number pro tip. A hotel room paper. This is your program.
0: thing a week yeah. <laughs> by Bridger. D. Bridger's pro tip a week. That's
2: Do You awesome.
3: take two pro or two pro tours and glue a newspaper, or tape a newspaper to it. You can get the good tension <laughs> on that paper. <laughs> yeah. You just gotta okay. have a buddy that trusts you to not shoot him.
4: Right.
0: I'll call that's it cool. the doggy pro trip. Yeah. There pro you tip. Go. Doggy. Yeah. So that's cool. That's really cool. But so back to the W one thing. So you you guys are. Because I, I, I will tell you, the difference between coaching him and coaching Eric, are, are, they're unbelievable. Yes. It's two completely different individuals and what their abilities are and what they can and can't do.
1: But you know what? Lucas was super impressed with Eric.
0: Oh, Eric was... Okay, I'm going to tell you real quick. Eric, he'll probably never shoot it again. I mean, he's actually... I had to talk him off a cliff coming yeah. back because yeah. he was extremely frustrated. Yes. He even warned me. He During said, hey.
1: trials, he was too, and, yeah, I, and I felt bad.
0: And he, well, and here's why. You guys, I hate to say this, between you and Jason, you guys have set a pretty high bar.
1: Right, but but, and, but we're and, higher functioning.
0: And, and what's sad about that, and I, I'm i not going to sit there and say, because if Eric listens to this, well, he is going to listen to it, that is he ever going to get there? I think he's capable. Yes. It's just going to take him a hell of a lot longer.
1: Well, the one that won in Rio is David Dronsky, and he's a true quad. Mm-hmm. And Jaime from Mexico is killing sure. it, lights out. It just, you have to be willing to be flexible and change things when people suggest them or right. try them. But I think Eric is like Lucas. They're really hard-headed and they want to have control.
0: Oh yeah, 100%.
1: Because they don't have control over anything else.
0: Right. Yeah. You you all look at Eric's background, well, yeah. Lieutenant Colonel, I think yeah. he was, and he's he's a leader.
1: And Lucas was a firefighter.
0: Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, so these guys really, are, you're
1: going to ask me to give up control of one more thing?
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Eric, I told Eric it's just going to be where where Jason got there in four years. It's going to take you longer. I mean, we've we've got a lot of work to do um, based and it, off functionality. It might take him longer. It might
2: not. It's it going to be, be one of those things well, where click like,
4: just it's going to click. Gonna
2: click oh, I told him that, and it, he's going to find what works for him. Right. It took me a long time between man. I remember fighting and fighting and fighting with Trainwreck because he wanted me to shoot upright and look a certain way, and I was like, bro, it's not going to work. Yeah. So finally I decided, you know what, screw what people think of how I look, screw of everything else. I'm going to do it this way because it works. And then I'll go right back to normal. And even as a
0: coach, I have been, I mean, I hate to say it, he was my guinea pig. Mm -hmm. And now Eric is, he was mine. (laughs) Eric was, is now reaping the benefits, but also I'm learning so much. I'll give you a crazy example. And Jason, you'll probably appreciate this. So I've always thought that his strap hand strap on the bow was too tight because they, they wrench that mm-hmm. sucker on as tight as they can get it. Yeah. As an archer and understanding how archery works, I've now made the bow an extension of his arm from his shoulder down. There you go. And understanding that Bridger and I shoot, or even you know, you two. Um because I've always said having a dead hand is Nirvana. I mean, mm-hmm. not being able to control this front hand, I would kill to be able to do that. I have to physically concentrate on keeping that hand loose as a shooter now to not
4: Right. Affect not the bow. torque it. Yeah. Right.
0: Well, now you got a guy who's back here with the shoulder and he moves that shoulder one bit and now everything moves because he's locked into that bow so much. Hell, we he'd even built a custom grip, which me and Bridger, you know, hated because um, he's got so much surface area now. And I thought, okay, this is one of the big issues we have. So just this last Tuesday when he got back, we went into a training session. I said, look, I'm gonna, I want to control your grip now. And I took yeah. his his boot yeah. on the glove he had and I loosened it to where it was barely
1: yeah.
0: attached. So he could still control the bow, but it was barely there. Yeah. He couldn't draw, literally couldn't draw his bow. And I was like, "What the hell?" So I tightened it a little bit, gave him a medium. Couldn't draw. No, his
1: his brain needs the load,
0: and that's so he. What it is? It's exactly. I told him. I says, "Look, that front hand has nothing to do with drawing, but you are mentally putting a block up because you don't have control of it now, right? Because it's just kind of sitting out there. You're terrified of drawing because." what's going to happen
1: or it could be because you know when you have a spinal cord injury it affects the way your brain and works so his receptors like people make my bow real i can't pull back a genesis i really? can't but mm. my bow i don't know what it is 40 no not even 40 maybe 37 pounds or whatever but i need my brain needs that feedback to get to get over there. it yeah once i'm over it i'm there yeah. but it's your brain it's not it's something i don't think it's something people do on purpose but your brain needs feedback and that is feedback this is, is not feedback. it's fear which is why a fork and i didn't want you to sit next to me will fly out of my hand but give me something heavy and i won't drop it really think parkinson's people that can't walk and ride a bike
0: yeah yeah that's true
2: yeah that's it's kind true. of like that like that one kid that won american idol the other like a couple of years ago that he's got really bad uh, autism Stuffy. he's got really bad autism and is blind But he sat on a piano and, I mean, he put everybody to shame.
0: It was perfect. Well, I think of like Tony Bennett. You know, he's, I don't know if everybody knows, but I love Tony Bennett. And he's, Mm. he's got Alzheimer's, you know, bad, but yet he can still sing.
1: Well, Randy Travis stutters so bad you can't understand him until he sings.
0: Until he sings. it's crazy. It's the same thing as load on your brain. Yeah, and that's actually a good point. But I, it was weird because learning that I thought, okay, I'm screwed. I've got to go back to square one as a coach because this is no longer even, I can't consider it. I've got to lock him in. And mm-hmm. how are we going to get past that, you know, mm-hmm. and work through it to change the shot to get him to where he needs to be. But it was cool because I had, I was bitching and complaining the whole time. He's too tight on, too tight on the grip, too tight on the grip. Too, because every bean, everything yeah. I know about archery says, I got to have a loose grip. And heck, even the girl that we actually pulled up the video of the lady you shot against.
1: Oh, from Turkey, who's a Turkey, true quad.
0: Who's a true quad. And has, I think, a similar hand. And I said, I need that. I need that yeah. I need it to look like her.
1: Well, with the... This- I think that's just a fabric thing that yeah. a top and bottom that she slips her hand in, and that's how Dronsky shoot. That's who a lot, of, a lot of quads shoot. Like she's that. got
2: a, she's got a like a a molded Cuff. V. She has no dexterity bow. in that hand. Correct. I'm it just sits in her hands open so she's right. not actually squeezing. Yeah. It right. Lucas Sorry. and
1: I have talked so when I first started shooting, I shot with a mitten that went all the way around because I didn't know that those existed. Mm. But yeah, the custom grip for me is very, very helpful. It yeah. it sits like a shelf and it cuffs under here. Remember I told you yeah, I exactly. I wish I could copy it copy for other that. people. Even people that have you know, or kids that have weak wrists, mm-hmm. it just sits there. Like, right. But it's built out.
0: Right. But yeah, it's not
1: cuffed on there.
0: That's something that we're going to, I mean, I want to step back and look at it again, because I do think it's a psychosomatic problem issue. I think he's, he doesn't trust because he doesn't have that, that locked in feeling. I'm, okay, I'm locked in so I can pull against it.
2: Right. Well, yeah, but what happens when, when he shoots his other bow that doesn't have
0: the custom grip? Well, it doesn't, but um, he's still locked in tight as a drum. I mean, Suki sits there, his wife. I love her. And literally puts her foot on that chair and grabs that oh, freaking man, strap and right. rips it as hard as she can. I mean, I watch her. I love that woman to the death. Yes. She's amazing. But Dang. she gives it hell, you know. Yes. And so I guess what? my point being is that I believe in working with two completely different injured individuals. Yes. I don't know how they can cookie cutter all of them in one class. No, it just right. makes you a better, well-rounded coach. Yeah. For sure, but still, it's it sucks because it's going to be a longer road to hoe for Eric.
1: Yeah, but he'll get there. There's no doubt. Oh, I With know he it, will, too. Because he's brilliant.
0: Yeah, he's a smart guy.
1: Yeah, yeah. He,
0: and way too hard on himself. Um, extremely driven.
1: Lucas was very upset at Arizona Cup that he came in. So I don't know what he was looking for, but our goals going into it were nothing about numbers. It was, it, you know, it, getting it, classified. Gosh. It was like shooting in the heat. You sound like me. You know, it, it, right now, that's where we're at. Yeah. And he got mad, and I sent, a, <laughs> I sent him to a timeout in his van. I'm like, you need to go cool off. You got 10 minutes to meet me back here.
0: You know, it's funny. You said, that's exactly what I told Eric. I said, you need to go there for the experience. Yes. To experience Arizona Cup. Experience Arizona, the city, the town that yeah. you're in. I tried to tell him to go to a baseball game. He loves baseball. Yeah. I said, go to a, go to a spring training game. Yep. Get your ass away from archery and go enjoy yourself. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, because of who he is and- something like Lucas is mm-hmm. the same way. Yeah. That's what he cared about.
1: Well, right, because they can control that. Yeah. Just think, <laughs> we can't even control. I'm just going to be down and dirty here. Ball and bladder. People don't, oh, well, well, it must be nice to sit down. They're not thinking about heart rate, no. blood pressure, right. bowel, bladder. You know, Lucas's catheter kinked, and he about went down yeah. on the line. And that's all it was. Yeah. But he didn't want to, like, put his hands down there and fix it. I'm like, put your hands down there and fix it. Right.
0: Yeah, well, it's you okay. know, well and you're right, because how many times... We, we It's
1: not just that we're we, sitting... Exactly.
0: On a- People don't realize the stuff that you guys go through,
1: Mm-mm.
0: potentially on that line, what could happen. Mm-hmm. Catastrophically, uh, if you look at it from a so, just a social standpoint. Well,
1: in 2015, I had a massive grand mal seizure on the line at Arizona Cup. So, yeah, like all body functions let loose, let loose, and I bit part of my tongue off, and I'm seizing on the line, and I'm bleeding because of the heat.
2: Yeah. Cause he,
1: so left, yeah, and I don't, I don't, to this day, I have PTSD from Arizona. Come on, <laughs> I don't want to go there at all, but, you know.
2: We went through that in Salt Lake City. Yeah. So in 2017. He went down and I, so did I. I went to Salt Lake City with a an, an out-of-this-world expectation that I was going to make the world champs team yeah. and all of this, and I wasn't even classified. So I came back with my tail between my legs, and I learned a lot about myself. I mean, we shot a double 72 round that that day in 105-degree heat on I artificial turf. turf.
3: Artificial. I remember yeah. shooting there, and it was 95 degrees out in the surface temp on that turf. It was like 130, 140. So our, our, I couldn't imagine being out yeah, so sit in a metal chair. Oh, our, well, our you temp guys metal chair. You're two feet closer to the ground, too. Exactly. <laughs> our temp was
2: 134 at, at chair level, and then you throw your umbrella on top of that, and you turn yeah, and you're it just into a green all, egg.
3: Yeah, you're just cooking. in
2: there. So I went down with a heat stroke. You had an, a heat injury as well.
1: Yeah, I went into a cardiac.
2: You had, um, you had a seizure because somebody put a whole bunch of cold water on they you. They dumped
1: the bucket of ice water on me thinking they needed to cool oh me off. God. So again, I went into another seizure.
2: Jack had a had a heat injury. It, it's just a whole bunch of stuff that you have to deal with. That's what
1: I want, tachycardia.
2: So yeah, it gets tough, you know, going out there and you don't have to just worry about shooting. You have to worry about right. making it through the shoot. Making it, th- yeah, exactly. But Dealing with the heat. Eventually you learn how to deal with those things and how to make it through.
0: So why won't, I mean, stupid question, but I know they've always been, Gator Cup's always been in Miami or now and in, in, uh, in Gainesville and yeah. mm-hmm. Arizona Cup's always been down where it is and Chula's always Chula. Why don't we look at other venues to shoot at that are much more temperate?
1: I think because the more temperate climates, there's always a possibility, you know, of weather. You know, it's going to be hot and sunny in Arizona Cup in here. Yeah. You know, it might rain in Gator Cup, but it's not going to snow. Right. I mean, when I drove here, it, it snowed three, I finally get to Texas and there's three inches of snow in Amarillo. I'm like, yeah. what the hell? I just left Wisconsin.
3: Hell, <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a, Minnesota last week got like eight to 18 inches, yeah, I think. Yeah, the yeah the my other dad's day still shoveling out.
1: Yeah, so
0: they said it was. I, I look at it for that, and that's that's probably money, it's probably a money, my idea was always, when I mean, it's probably money is go shoot in stadiums, you
1: know. Well, here's the thing. When <laughs> we, were you in Puerto Rico? Yeah. When we shot in Puerto Rico. We shot in a baseball, like, like Field? a yeah. big baseball thing. Mm-hmm. Dude fell on an arrow because that happens. You overshoot the target. How do you get all the arrows out of the field? That's true. Yeah,
0: Dude, yeah Like it, did slide.
1: Turf. Oh, I know what. Sliding out. Yeah. <laughs> Got an that's arrow true. jabbed into the back of his thigh.
0: That's pretty wild. That's crazy. I used to be actually. a baseball
3: player. Then I took an arrow to the knee. knee. Now he's a <laughs> parachuter. He not, shoots on the team. He's <laughs> a parachuter now. Yeah, yeah. That's,
0: uh, that's wild. Yeah, that's true. I never thought about that, but you're right. That, yeah. could, that could be a big problem. Huge, yeah.
1: well, yes, especially a para competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think we're getting smarter. We did a actually the USOPC funded a heat study for us where we swallowed a yeah, microchip.
2: Yep, you were there for yeah, that. I we was did there that for that. The, yeah, I was, I was. there. I what mean, was how freaking happened? cool is that? Measure your internal temperature, and then she. Yeah, and then we Jackie would. Jackie
0: would come by with a little thing
2: the
1: scanner yeah.
0: scanner scan him yeah i was there with a head when he did it he was one of the guinea pigs for that
1: yeah and so i thought
0: that was wild <laughs> so what
1: we didn't know is when your body temperature goes high like over a hundred mm-hmm. it stays high for over 24 hours i'm thinking really? well it's cooled down when i'm cooled down no, not internally doesn't work that way but see jason even he and i are different in the heat he i use evaporative heat like with a mister or whatever he doesn't dry I, heat works for him yeah i can't best.
2: i can't sweat right so i have to eat ice or Internal.
0: Slushies. internal cool cooling yeah cold beer that's wild
2: beer. things like that
1: that's crazy
0: you know so back to the, you're gonna retire yeah. you're gonna retire on top
1: yes i am yeah. i'm so you're going gonna be rich
0: and you're gonna go into high-end coaching after that i'm assuming
1: i've actually been asked to, to coach a couple of high-end teams i don't i don't want to do that yeah
0: what's, want, your, what's your what's your passion after that she wants to well, have fun
1: yeah i want to have fun i want to meet my my soulmate, whatever he looks like. I mean, I've been so busy doing other things. I'm like, yeah,
0: you had no time. Girls for just want to have fun. That's
1: right. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a couple of nonprofits that I'm on the board of directors for that can now have my time and energy because my big thing is legacy. You know, nobody survives life, but some of us know that we don't have a whole lot of some days. So right. what are you going to do when I'm gone? What's, what's this going to look like? And I believe I can make the world better again, person, you know, the, Responsibility for making the world better is me. Right. So how am I going to do that? So the Black Rifle Coffee Company fund to help them. I'm up. I'm on the board of directors for the Pink Berets, which is here in San Antonio. Gotcha. Um, they're an organization that came out of that Vanessa Guillen, the young lady that was killed at Fort Hood, and then it was all covered up.
4: Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's
1: an organization that helps women that have been um suffered from military sexual assault or trauma or any kind of trauma. Right. Kind of like move forward and to help each other, to build a network to keep that up. And, you know, I went on a retreat with them and their favorite thing was archery, of course, but we never talked about assaults. We talked about, you know, um, legislation and how do we build safety nets and how do we build things in the community and, you know... The whole state of Texas, I think, has one VA housing for women with children, one in the state of Texas. Yeah. So how do we address those things? I mean, they're just winners. So, you know, I'm on the board of directors for them. I'm on the board of directors for Operation Enduring Warrior, which is another activity sports based right. organization. Um, and they have a lot of people here. So it's not just for wounded military. It's also for um Hometown heroes, you know, cops, firemen, first responders, uh, first responders, all of those can take part in those activities, right? So, and I'm I'm on the board of directors for the for USA Archery for three more years, and I'm also on the board of directors for the USOPC.
0: Okay, so I got a question. Mm-hmm. You're going to give up shooting? You're going to be just as busy?
1: Yes. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean,
0: but, uh, you just name five organizations that are going to take a well, lot you of know, your
1: time. I I know a lot of archers, both able-bodied and para, that when their time comes, they're still Hanging on because right. that's their identity. That's right. their, and for me, it is a huge part of my identity. And this were my friendships and, you know, they're my family. So I knew I needed to tr- transition with purpose right. because who am I now? Right? How can I be the best? How can I help the most people or be the best version of myself now? Because when people lose that, the, you they lose themselves. Well, and 100%. The, that's what are, what, what happens. are most
0: people doing in your situation right now?
1: Well, they're. I,
0: sitting at home on, on the, in the chair. If I wasn't
1: active, as active as I am, there's no doubt I would be in assisted living. Yeah. Absolutely. Because in 2018, I fell trying to get on an aluminum ramp into my house, and I broke every one of my vertebrae from L1 to S1. They're shattered. I was already in a wheelchair, and then <laughs> I broke my back. I laid on that ramp for seven hours because nobody could see me over the snowbank. You
4: gotta
0: be kidding!
1: Me. No, my wheelchair yes. went that way, and my phone went underneath, and I spent weeks in the hospital. So that's one of the reasons I'm moving south.
0: Well, I was going to say, so you're from Wisconsin, but we're getting ready to move to Texas. Yes. Here locally. Yes. Because a lot of those organiza- organizations you are just named are here. Are here, and
1: are here. you have an international airport. But yeah. I'm also do a lot. I do a lot of public speaking. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. So, and I enjoy that, but I just needed to have. I need to have a purpose and worth. Right. You know, and you talk about people getting out of the military or. Just catastrophically injured. Who am I and what, what worth do I have now?
0: Well, and we have BAMC down here, right? We yeah, have BAMC. And we're uh, also the largest VA center for, for wounded combat yeah, well, vets coming in. The
2: VA here is really good for uh, spinal cord injury and disease. Yeah. They they fall under that my SCID. Doctor
1: was, I went with him Monday to his appointment, but my doctor in Wisconsin told me, you need to move because you're not going to get the care that you need in Wisconsin. Right. So, like... You know, they have new meds and all that. And this is what they said. It's too late. It's too late for you. Your disease is too progressed. And we have an entire nation of young, injured, and wounded vets that need the money that we would spend on you. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. I've been told that three times. And every that's what I say. My, If I had advice to give to anybody in the world is question everything yes. and believe nothing. In, even my kids. You know, when people tell you something, don't take it for truth, rebel, resist. Well, you know, now I have two kids that have authority issues, but I raise them. (laughs) I raise them to question, question everything. So if somebody that might- So you
0: reap what you sow there, woman.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But when people say, oh, it's too late for you, you're done, you know, you need to make sure, fuck you. Yeah. You don't know me. You're not, don't give me your prediction of my life.
0: Right. That's awesome.
1: So I think that rebelliousness is what drives me forward. Yeah. Try me.
0: Yeah. That's badass, though. That's the way to live.
1: It is. And yeah. we were talking about that earlier.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, how
1: absolutely. do you know this isn't hell? Yeah. <laughs> right. Because some days it feels like it.
0: Oh, Lord, yes. Especially, it's... yeah. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. I mean.
1: But then you just make it what it is. You know? but,
0: you, you, but I will say, I've, you know, being a part of this community with you all, I mean, as far as the, the, um, the para community, it yeah. is amazing because I've seen both sides of it. I've seen people like you all, mm-hmm. you know, you two who... who put your middle finger up against your situation. Mm-hmm. And then I've seen people on the other side of it that are just done. They give it up.
1: Or they're mad or and they're, they're mean the yeah. and they're and they're yeah. angry yeah. Yeah. and they're assholes, to yeah. be kind of honest. And it's like the guy well, that- think
0: They think life screwed them.
1: Well, the guy that parked me in at Walmart right here in Bernie, I couldn't get into my van and I got the cart dude or the big guy standing at the greeter. Right. I said, could you- Give him the phone, the picture. Could you text this guy to move his truck so I can get in? He said, right. well, that's not really within our jurisdiction. We really can't do anything about it. So I handed him my keys and I said, come on, you're going to back my van out then. So he came out to back up the van and the dude shows up and he's an older guy, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> Vietnam vet hat. And he said, I said, y- that's illegal. Just telling <clears throat> you to park on the stripes. He said, I'm a disabled vet too. You don't have one up on me because you're in a wheelchair. Angry.
0: Once again jackass we talked about no earlier. that's there's a
2: there's a lee and i were talking about this there is a multitude of entitlement in the vet community out oh, there. oh yeah especially oh, disabled it's, it's vets an, it's all
3: i could think of is what jason would have told the guy in that situation don't make me get up out of this chair and beat your ass yeah exactly <laughs> but there, are it's, <laughs> it's, it's it is a problem though
0: hell we got a guy like jim he drives this badass jacked up toyota truck and i mean it's got a 12 14 inch lift kit yeah this he yeah. parks in the freaking handicap every time so i'm assuming he's probably a vet of sorts and may have a you know he may have a mental disorder that's allowing him to have that status mm-hmm. and i every time he goes in there i want to confront him but i know if i do it's going to get really ugly fast yeah just because on behalf of jason being one of my best friends say mother effer you park there which now means my one of my boys can't park there who needs that
1: spot well i've been here a week and I have never found an open except here, and I didn't park in your spot, but um, I, never. I in I don't all use the places it. that I've been, I've never found an open Dude, to see. Even so, Courtney couldn't yeah. yesterday.
0: Jason and I just went to that memorial, and there's a ton of people there. So every one of the handicap spots were taken, yeah. and they probably were. And honestly, I didn't see it. Did you see another chair in there? No. One guy. Well, one guy. I seen one yeah, guy. Yeah. And there were, what, probably 14 spots that were, that were handicap, mm-hmm. all of them full. Jason just said, F this, we parked out in Bufu, Egypt, and just rolled down.
1: That's what I do, because it's good it's, for me to push well,
0: anyway. And, and that's what he said. Man, I, I'm, either way, it's, I get I a workout. I'm getting a workout out of it. you know.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And it sucks, though, because to that point, it's another part of this community I think needs to be looked at, is who truly needs those handicapped spots, and it should be illegal for some of them that are taking it.
1: Well, or people that... That want to be seen as disabled. So yeah, there's I'm a waiting. lot
0: of thank me for my service, guys.
2: out yes. Oh, my God, yes. But there's
1: also people that are disabled and, and think that they're entitled to special care. So I'm waiting for a flight, and this woman comes with her husband, and they're probably, you know, 60s, and he has, a, like, a knee brace on. Mm-hmm. And she de- walks straight up and demands to get on the airplane first, and the, flight even, the plane wasn't even there yet. She's having this meltdown very loudly. She asks this dude to move so her husband can sit there because he was disabled. And I said, I'm down on this end, and she doesn't see my chair. It's behind me. And yeah. I'm like, why are you asking him to move? He was Hispanic. You need to move. I said, why do you think he needs to move? Well, he, well, he's in the handicapped spot. And I said, well, listen, Karen, that spot <laughs> over there, the one with the little wheelchair guy, that's the handicapped spot. Oh, I didn't see that. And so the guy, the Hispanic guy says, you know Karen? I said, oh, I know Karen.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about caring. So then
1: they call us to those with you know disabilities or whatever, board first. So I transferred in my chair and she looks and looks at me again. And she said, oh, honey, you can go first. I said, I'm not disabled. I'm merely inconvenienced.
0: No shit.
1: And everybody's like, because she was such a jerk to that guy. Yeah.
0: That's
2: crazy. Yeah. It's, once again, it's just entitlement. A bad human thing. Yeah. Or,
1: or people will say, oh, I know exactly how it feels. I had to be in a wheelchair one time because I knee surgery.
0: No, you don't. No, that's.
1: Crazy. I know, I know exactly how that feels. You're an idiot. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. yeah. Okay, it's your story, yeah. boo.
2: Yeah. <laughs> if you if you had to go through a week of what I go through in a day, yeah, no But it's <laughs> crazy. It is what it is. Yeah. There's shitty people out there, man. Again, huge sense of entitlement. Who knows? Maybe somebody's listening to this. that might change their way around. Yeah, right. exactly. Just just because you can doesn't mean you should. Exactly. Well right.
0: I know you, you you I mean I'd I'm rather sure park in the back and let well, an elderly person yes, park in a handicap spot Exactly. and that's the way, you know that's why I'm saying Jason will go the other way but i I do do some fucked up shit sometimes well yeah like, when you, like to, you see a I've, dumbass <laughs> I've
2: gotten to bamsey, there's spots that say for van with with lift only, and I saw like this badass corvette parked in there, mm-hmm. so I parked behind him <laughs> I yeah. got out, went to my appointment. And came back, and the guy was furious. And mm-hmm. I said, "Oh, I'm sorry, you took my spot, man." So, yeah, well, I, I had to. I had well, to go do my. Appointment. What
3: was it? It wasn't more than a month ago that you. I think you might have been going to the VA. Some lady was just waiting in her car. Yes, yeah. her husband, and you're like, "Hey, uh, that's the only spot that I can drop my ramp and like get out of my vehicle." Can yeah, you like move? move? <laughs> no,
1: but you know, I think because <laughs> okay. you know, what? people tell Jay, Jay, and I, you know. This is my guy here. He's young enough to be my child, so yeah. he's my boy. Right. But, but people will say, oh, sure, you got a gold medal. You're the only one there. Or oh, so, so, But the comeback to that is there's power in presence, in showing up, right. You know, in sitting on that line. Even if you're the only fucking one, there's courage in that. And exactly. people will see that courage, hopefully, and apply that to the rest of their life. Right. Beca- yeah, because we, we would get, of course you're the only one. Well, you know, someday somebody, like Lucas is only shooting because I was shooting at that and his friend or his buddy from high school looked at me and he said, I have a friend, Lucas, that just broke his neck. Do you think he's shootable? He never would have known that mm-hmm. had, had we not been vulnerable and put ourselves out, out there on exactly, the line.
0: Exactly, exactly.
1: So when they changed the thing in 2017, one of our coaching staff said, was consoling somebody that was no longer a W-1 and said, well, the W-1s are just going to be a freak show now. Really? Yeah, but we're going to be a motherfucking cool freak yeah. show. <laughs> we're going to own this shit.
0: Exactly. No, that's freaking classic. No, and it's been it's been good. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Been good people. Well, and that's we'll what they- will change the world.
1: Well, Yes, uh, it's up to us to change the world.
0: So here's, and here's a sad part, and this is part of, you know, kind of what I was bitching about earlier, but people look at you all and they assume right away, you know, that you're you're handicapped, you can't do this, you can't do mm-hmm. that. And they don't even know your situation. They don't know your story. And right. and so, like, <laughs> I don't look at Jason as in a chair at all. I see so far beyond that. I mean, but we're close, and we have known him for, you know, six yeah. years now. But, yeah, it's, I just don't look at it that way. Yeah, and so, I look at all people in chairs. I mean, anybody who's handicapped or happens to be yeah. disabled. It changes your view. Just a
3: regular, everyday, you're an, normal you're a, gainer. You're a badass
1: chick. Well, and, and because you and people in the archery community have are around paris now they're more aware of it and so people will come to me and report like the ras love me because i have this mom persona thing going on guess what i saw this guy parking in the in the handicap parking and he was a handicap so i told him i had to move i'm like good for you
3: good for you see i i'm i mostly just like fucking with you guys Oh, yes!
1: Well, and we, like, oh, exactly. man. Like,
3: I hit Stutzman with the need a hand thing all the time. <laughs> I'll never forget one year. Uh, I don't know if you know Gabe Marcosi.
1: Yes, I love Gabe.
3: So, little he's kid wanted to help, one of the help his dad grind deer meat and <laughs> stuck his hand in the meat grinder. When he <laughs> was two. a kid. Oh, yeah, Lord. he's like two or three, but he was working at Lancaster at the trailer in Arizona one year. And it was like the last year, it was a world ranking event. So, all the Koreans were there, a bunch <laughs> of Chinese and stuff were there and there's like six Korean coaches and he's the only guy in the trailer running around like a madman grabbing all this stuff. And I was just kind of standing off to the side <laughs> and I could see he's like freaking out. And I'm like, Hey, Gabe, you okay? He's like, yeah, man, I'm just busy. I'm like, Do you need a hand? And all the, and all the wow. Korean guys, just,
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Oh, oh. oh. But, you can't say that. But like, I just, I, yeah, I don't know. But the, I mean, I, we were, I don't know for these. certain, but like, I would think that you guys oh, appreciate it. I know everybody that I usually mess with, like, no, you guys appreciate it a yes. bit. Yes. I don't know appreciate it, but like. Well, well you're like, being normal. Yeah. Humor is a pretty,
1: Nobody, yeah. Yeah. Yes, a pretty
3: nobody's, good, nobody's, good thing yeah. to have it is for a, the most part. Nobody's
0: tiptoeing around you.
2: That's exactly. Why, that's
1: why we're both funny as hell. I yeah. mean, people laugh I, all the time they're on is because, yeah.
2: I resort to humor to avoid the voices in my head.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> hilarious. That's some good shit.
1: But, you know, I think the more people, again, power and presence and just going out to di- dinner, going here or there and breaking down those barriers. Because mm-hmm. when I, I'm on a kid's sled hockey team, and there's 30 of them, like little. So I roll in the first day, they're all their chairs. And I look around and I'm like, where are you all hiding? Because I've lived here four years and I've never seen any of you yeah, exactly. in a chair. Well, their parents are like, well, it's easier just grocery. I said, no, that's not, it's easier for you. Right. They have to live a life. Exactly. So now I'll see them places and they'll point that out.
4: Yeah, that's Look, awesome. i do and
1: I'm, doing, I'm yeah. doing this. But so when I went to visit Joey at Fort Campbell, he was a medic with 101st. He took me to dinner at this place called Cheddar's and I don't even realize it, but he, mm. you know, I've been disabled, severely disabled, probably since he was 11 years old. So he right. gets it. My daughter gets it. So we're... The lady leads us through this crowded thing, and we get there, and he's a gentleman, because I raised him that way, and he <laughs> removes the chair and parks me, and he turns around, and he stands up, and he's looking around, and I did not even realize it until he stopped. It was dead silent in this huge dining room, and everybody was watching, and he yells, you may resume, and they're all like, clung, clung, They're all starting to get You know, but... He- you can do it with humor, which is right. he meant to be funny right. that there's not there's nothing to look at over here folks. Right. But right. the more people that are aware of that we're just people. Exactly. We just want to be people.
0: Exactly. Yeah. A, well, that's one thing Jason. He's like I don't want my own category to shoot in, you know. I want to shoot with the guys. Yeah. And, yes. You know, I'm not I'm not, what are the, what you're saying not disabled or whatever you're not. You're like I'm disabled not not handicapped. Yeah, not handicapped, exactly.
1: That's the God's honest truth right there. It's a big. We're inconvenienced.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that, and and to too. speak on that, I was actually just working with uh, Hiram from mm. South and McAllen. Yeah. So he's got this big tournament coming up in, in August. So if anybody's listening to this, August 5th, 6th, and 7th, it's called El Grande. Mm-hmm. So we're shooting Vegas one night, then outdoor Vita. feet in the next night, and then 3D, 3D the next day. And we were talking and he said, hey, man, are you coming down to shoot? And this and that. I said, yeah. Well, what, what do you want to shoot? I said, look, it, it, I I shoot with the big guys. Like, that's that's where I shoot. But it'd be awesome if you had an adaptive athlete yes. division. So I worked with him on creating one, and he's got two divisions for men and women in compound and for, for recurve. Yeah. And it's gonna. I think it's going to be big setting deal. a good precedence yeah. to get all the people from Texas to go down yeah. there, and even nationwide if they want to come fly down to it. Does that necessarily mean that, and I told him, I said, look, you might only have, one person in, in the division and whatnot and he said dude i don't give a shit if there's one person in in the division they're getting a buckle because to me them putting in the practice and the and the showing work up. to come down and, and show up,
0: up like you were saying that up.
2: that earns it yeah. so like, went, you know what that's that's pretty cool yeah I, I or some other that. person would be like oh yeah you got first place because there was only two people or yeah. there's only three people who cares
1: well, that's like when I won world champs, a person on our team said, well, that doesn't really count because there's hardly any people in your, in your thing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? <laughs> he said, it, it doesn't, doesn't really count because there's like, that's
4: whatever, so 10, retarded. 11 yeah, people. They're so, so ridiculous. He said,
1: it'd be different if you were like, right, number one in the world. I said, well, guess what? Yeah, I, I am. am. <laughs>
3: <laughs> News <true>. flash, asshole.
1: <laughs> yes. God, that's unbelievable. Yeah, but I think showing up on the line not just for paras. So I coach a, two collegiate teams and there's four other paras that teach able-bodied college teams. But when my team starts, like starts their freshman year, if they don't have a bow, I automatically put them on a bare bow. Mm-hmm. So we get to indoor net, indoor, whatever with Linda pack. <laughs> and she comes over cause they're all stringing their bows sitting down. And she looks at them, not even thinking, she's like, you know, you can string those standing up, right? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, uh, you can, and I'm, I'm like, oh, I never thought of that either. Oh, <laughs> well, by the way, you can stand up and string that bow.
0: That is hilarious. You
1: know your coach is a parrot when you only know how to string it. Send it yeah, that out.
0: That's one. so cool. So when are you coming, to Texas? What's your goal?
1: Um, Tar- well, your I'm day? looking at at apartments here. Um, 30 So my goal is summer, midsummer probably. About an hour ago. Yeah. Oh shit. Okay, really? Yeah. That's all right. I'll call her back. She <clears> didn't seem busy. Um, I, by fall I would like to be here.
0: Gotcha. But okay.
1: I, I've got a very busy summer, so I don't know if it would be advantageous to get an apartment now because it's cheaper in Wisconsin, to be quite honest. Oh yeah,
3: absolutely. It's also not 110 degrees every day for four months. Four straight. months, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. In <laughs> Wisconsin,
1: <laughs> no, no.
3: Yeah, that's you. But being...
1: I am excited to relocate. I mean, yeah. good people here, and yeah. I want to go to Boosies. Bucky's, Bucky's, Bucy's, Bucky's, Bucky's. Yeah,
3: Bucky's. You risk it for the brisket. Yep, that's a that's an
0: adventurous for dang sure. Well, listen, we've been up for two hours now. Hell we're yeah. Gonna, we better wrap that sucker up. And actually, you know what we, well, Leo, when you get here, mm-hmm. we'll probably just, you know, we'll do a 2.0 with you for sure. Cause there's probably a lot of other crap to touch on. Oh yeah. That we didn't get a chance to talk about for sure. Um, yeah. Cause we went off on some crazy tangents. Um,
2: we were due for it. Yeah, we were actually, we were due for it. So for we'll, sure. we'll be regrouping when we get back talking about Louisiana. Oh my God. Yeah. Talking about all this. I need to go shoot my 3D bow. Uh, join the club. I try to
0: get you I've been trying yesterday. oh I'm trying to let my elbow heal and it's actually about 80% right now my, my thumb is effed I, I have a a jar of Bengay in the car I
2: flying. know I may need you know that what?
0: shit I know you know what's good for that no, wait wait you, what you look my
1: butt <laughs> oh my lord <laughs> oh my I knew I could tell by his profile oh that he was gonna lord, shut that he's down he's gonna
0: shut that one exactly <laughs> Well, listen, folks, oh, we man. appreciate you. Um, man, this is going to be a great episode. Hopefully, we're going to get this one out, what, soon? Today. Today. Yeah. Oh, that's even better. Don't we're going to have to wait Bridger. three days. Don't do what Bridger said. No, don't do
2: that, no. He's gross. <laughs> I'll give you a penny. <laughs> <laughs>
1: On that note, <laughs> thanks we'll a lot, folks. Guys.
0: We'll talk at you later.
1: Thank you.